Cleveland, Ohio. A land of strange rituals. The savage horrors of fearsome mutated beasts. Back from the dead. Kept alive by experimental science. Science runs amok when human beings tamper with unknown forces. Now at last, the real shocking story can be told. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. A nightmare combination of shock and terror, and you're invited. A foolish undertaking. Something evil. Well, the most exciting one was the Emmy, I must admit, because it was completely unexpected and one of those nights that you just never forget. Not recommended for impressionable children. Actually, that's not evil, and it would be recommended for impressionable children, because Betty White is a hell of a role model, everybody. Welcome to It Came From Cleveland. Happy holidays to everybody. Hope you had a great Christmas and New Year's. We're back after our break. Much deserved break. We work hard around here. And, uh, and of course, our uh, very sad at the passing of our friend living in Long Island, a.k.a. Stephen Knoll, over the holiday. Really sucks, uh, but unfortunately, he was um, been suffering for quite quite a long time, and uh, we we um, hope that it was you know he just passed in his sleep painlessly, and uh, I have a feeling that he probably did. But um, yeah, so welcome to the show, everybody, and uh, of course we were going to talk about Betty White tonight, um, and that was uh, one Mr. Miles Lagan's idea to uh, dedicate a large portion of our show to the late great talent, multi-talented Betty White. Yes, yes, I, I think she, yes, she's very worthy. Yeah, for sure. So, and a little out of our wheelhouse, but she's but not really because she's kind of. Uh, Americana personified Michelle. Well, yeah, she did everything. She even did a horror movie. So hey, <laughs> that's right. That's right, Sherlock. Um, and and she's not she's not as family friendly as some people may think all the time. True, and I've true, got some true. clips to prove it. <laughs> that's true. She even had a, a couple uh, racier jokes uh, back in the day in the fifties and sixties, uh, which are fun. I've got some uh, some old stuff that maybe other people haven't heard. And, of course, uh, Joe Santorsa uh, from the Tim Carmel Show is here as well. Welcome uh, to you, sir. And you've got some some fun Betty White to talk about tonight, too. Yes, and I am not hot in Cleveland tonight. No, I'm I'm very cold in Cleveland tonight. <laughs> I have two pairs of socks on and three, three uh, uh, layers up top. T-shirt, flannel, and hoodie. Because uh, it sucks. Um, yeah. Yeah. So even just knowing how cold it is outside, I'm keeping this on in case I have to run outside. Um, but anyway, welcome uh, to the show. Uh, and of course, we uh, want to pay tribute uh, to Betty White. Uh, last night on uh, Time for Go to Bed with the Sues, I kind of sort of uh, kicked it off with a little prelude of an old-time radio show um, called Empire Builders. Which was kind of an infomercial for the railroad companies, <laughs> which was kind of, and it was really obnoxious because there was one episode I heard where they were trashing people who were struggling uh, during the Great Depression, <laughs> and it was like, "You suck, man." Oh, lovely. But, <laughs> but but there was an episode called Columbia River, which Betty White starred in when she was eight or nine years old. The date was a little nebulous on it, but it was a Christmas story, so I played that at the end of our show last night, kind of. Uh, 
ease into what we're discussing tonight and cover uh, all, as many aspects of her career as we possibly can. And um, so I started, uh, you know, uh, uh, where we're going to obviously talk about some all the classic stuff, uh, um, you know, the classic TV that we're all here more familiar with from Betty White. And but she did. She was a pioneer in television. It's amazing how much stuff she did. And um, uh, I want to uh, actually. I think it's smarter for me to play this because she was on a a Canadian show. It was a panel show called Flashback. In um, this jumps forward a little bit. This is 1964, but it kind of sets up what uh, you know her, her, the things she had done very recent before this interview with uh, um the, the again i don't know anybody from the show i just found this on cbc's um youtube channel today and it's a really fascinating little interview about you know how she got her start in television and you know and it talks a lot about her work ethic and uh, a little bit uh about her husband alan ludden and Joe, you said uh, you, you you had a quote about uh, her relationship with Alan Ludden and why she never remarried, right? Uh, yeah. Um, apparently, she said once that uh, why she never remarried. She says because I married the best the first time. Yeah. So, uh, pretty powerful stuff, you know. And they were they were def- definitely uh, big in love. Um, but, uh, in, so, so there's a bit of a mention here about him and the, um, uh, the summer, summer and winter stock, uh, shows that they were doing together and, um, uh, which I don't know a lot about, but there's a lot of really interesting information here. And there are four or five different panelists who are, that I don't know, they're Canadian celebrities from the sixties. So you guys are going to have to forgive me if I didn't do all my research. <laughs> um, but, uh, they're going around, you know, they're taking turns asking her questions. It kind of reminds me of um, What's My Line, but they weren't trying to guess who she was. It was just an interview by several people. So uh, check this out from 1964. It's kind of long. It's about five minutes. Well, now then, where, where do we start? There was, uh, well, we'll start with uh, Life with Elizabeth. I'd which, love to. Yeah, which started in Hollywood in 19... 19- well, actually, we were on two years live before we went on film. We went on film in 1952. So uh, that makes it somewhere around 1950 that we started live. But it was fun because we we had the, um, well, our idea of making the three vignettes in the half hour was that you'll tell something funny that happens to you, you know, to your your husband or to you, and it'll hold up and be very funny for five or six minutes, but if you try to attenuate it into a half hour, it gets a little draggy and a little skinny in spots. So we do three of them in the half hour. Incident number one, incident number two, and incident number three. So if you bombed out on two of them, even you might come back strong with a third. Went on one. Mm-hmm. So yes, so. Was it scripted or partly ad lib, Betty? In the beginning, it well, it was scripted when we were on film. But in the beginning, when we were on live, I was also doing a five and a half hour a day, six day a week show. So we didn't have a lot of rehearsal time, and we would kind of know where we were going and what the situation was and a few key gags. And then uh, Alvin was played by Del Moore, and he and I were crazy about each other and we were both crazy so we would kind of improvise from point to point but once in a while you can dry up on that too any famous goofs oh Oh. tell them about that one the live one we were on live and as i say we if one would dry up the other usually could bail him out or bail me out but one night i looked at him and he looked at me and we were both just glassy-eyed nothing was happening on a grand scale and we both knew it it was a restaurant sketch 
So he looked at me for a minute and he said, oh, excuse me, Elizabeth. And he got up and walked out and just left me there in front of the audience, in front of the camera. So I'm making little mountains out of sugar cubes and I'm stacking the salt and pepper shakers. And actually, I was having such a grand little show all by myself, I was kind of sorry to see him come back with the line. (laughs) You just said... While you were doing that, you were also doing a five-and-a-half-hour, six-day-a-week show? Yes, sir. That was in Los Angeles. You Hampton. are mad. What were you doing? <laughs> well, I was a money-hungry. No, this was back in yes, the you were. Go ahead. beginning of, of television, yeah. and uh, it was a joyous experience. It was like going to college to learn television, because everything that could possibly happen happened on camera. But what was the five-and-a-half-hour-a-day show? It was a variety uh, guest interview-type show on uh, the old KLAC station. In Los or Angeles, it was either the test pattern or us, and uh-huh. <laughs> some of the people like the test pattern. <laughs> it's still on, incidentally. The Your show's pattern. off, but the test pattern is still on. I know it. But you should know that. Miss, Miss White, in your career, Betty. you have... I'm sorry. Miss Betty. Betty. Uh, you've won so many awards. Of which one are you most proud? Well, the most exciting one was the Emmy, I must admit, because it was completely unexpected, and one of those nights that you've just never forget. I was sitting there, I had gone to the dinner, I didn't have any better sense, and all of a sudden I heard them get around to the category, and I was all sitting back just completely sure it was going to be somebody else, but your heart starts to go like this, and then I heard my own name. I think I cried for three days. You know how you do, but it was delightful. Something about winning an Emmy, it's often said, I think, by people who win an Oscar, that often it doesn't do their career any good in the long run. Would you have the same opinion about the Emmy? Probably Uh, not. Well, I really don't know. Actually, in my phase of the business, uh, I had done Life with Elizabeth for those years, and then I did a daytime variety show, and then another situation comedy, all of which tied me down completely. So then I started to freelance and discovered this great new world where you could kind of call your shots as far as the time that you worked. You could work on game shows or special events or, or whatever and still have some free time. So the, the Emmy actually helped me in a sense mm-hmm. because it gave a, a little uh, background that you might not have otherwise. Sort of set you free. A little yeah. bit. <laughs> I read, I think it was in Variety last summer, that you and your husband together as an attraction summer stock uh, sold more tickets at the box office than practically any other of the uh, summer shows. Well, we've been so lucky, Anna, really. We, we just keep waiting for it to stop. But I think the fact that we were married, it'll be, uh, well, it'll be three years in June, and everybody sort of saw the romance start and kind of worked it out with us, and everybody comes up to us and says, well, I was the one that when I saw you two, I said they ought to get married, and I was the one who said that. Of course, we get that, you know, from everybody. So I think for that reason, they kind of like to come see us in summer stock or winter stock now that we're doing so we've been awfully lucky in working together. It's worked out. We've done uh, several musicals. We're going to go to St. Louis and Kansas City this summer with bells are ringing. Oh, so let's just hope the romance still, you know, lasts <laughs> in people's hearts enough to have them buy more tickets. We can always see you or Alan on Password, and then we see you from Pasadena every New Year's Day. And yes. now we've got you on Flashback. We're very lucky. Thank you for joining us. Well, I've enjoyed it, and happy Easter, everybody. Thank you. Thank it's been a delightful visit, and you're a beauty Easter Day. Five and a half, half hours of live t- television a day. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. That is... Oh, that Lord. Is, and she lived to be in her 90s, to, to nearly 100. Yes. Yeah, she's just a few days shy of 100. <laughs> With that kind of work ethic, that that is, you know, uh, well, you know, it, it just goes to show what a, a strong work ethic can do for you in your life, you know. Um, and uh, 
that is, you know, and I loved, I loved there, Joe. She was, you know, in the early days of television. She's like, it was like going to college to learn how to make, to make TV because you got to do everything. Yeah, yeah, it's that was an amazing time in television in general. Yeah. So for icons like Betty White, uh, it it was almost like a, a one of those uh, star star birthing uh, uh, galaxies uh, in those days. Oh, the yeah. golden age, the golden age. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and I, I just heard this and was just, uh, I was like, I have to, I, I now have to go find some clips from her older shows. And thankfully there was some out there. And the first one is kind of long. Um, so I need to get to it right away, but this is from her show life with life with Elizabeth. Now, uh, what, what she described what the show was like on life with Elizabeth and it was her and her the guy who played her husband, and they were short little vignettes about the kind of trouble she would get into and stuff like that in the the, the comic aspects of it. It was very funny. And I found a sketch from uh, 11 1954 uh, No, no, that's from her other show. This is from a 1953 date, exact date unknown. But uh, she, uh, the narrator sets it up and says, you know, she has a, she's been out spending money when they're trying to, you know, her husband's trying to save and he, she bought an antique lampshade that she's going to like use for a vase or something like that. And so her husband comes home and she's doing everything she can to keep him distracted from this vase that is sitting on the table right in front of him. And she keeps like doing this physical comedy where she like, just lay back. And she's like pushing him back, pushing his face, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so that, that aspect is lost, but there's a lot of really great comedic dialogue in here. So check this out from life with Elizabeth from 1953. Open the package. Oh, there's a little something to help us save money. Oh, <sighs> Save money? Honey, do you mind if I sit for a while before we have dinner? No, no. Why don't we go in the other room where there's more lamp? The light. <laughs> and by the way, I had a fight with that bus driver on the way home. Oh, I, I'm sorry, honey. Why don't you just lean back and, and relax? Elizabeth, do you realize that they've raised the bus fares again? Really? Well, it, it can't be very much, darling. It, it uh, I read the paper. It was just maybe a... Not very much. They've raised it a whole penny. A whole penny? Yes. Do you know, Elizabeth, that comes to something like 60 or 70 cents a year? Well, now, maybe the bus company has, has a point, too, Alvin. You have to look at both sides of a question. Don't forget it. It costs more to haul a passenger like you than it used to. How do you figure that? You've gained weight. <laughs> you may say crazy things, but you don't do stupid things like Charlie's wife. <laughs> She went to one of those antique shops the other day, and guess what she bought? <laughs> uh, so what did you say to the bus driver? <laughs> oh, oh, I, I really told him off. I said, look, money doesn't grow on trees, I said. Oh, oh, that, that, that was clever. <laughs> guess what Charlie's wife got at the antique shop? <laughs> You're absolutely right, Alvin. You're right. Charlie shouldn't call his wife an antique. <laughs> No, I didn't say that. I was telling you, honey, how Charlie's wife made this... Oh, episode. now I get it. Oh, honey. Oh, I wish I did. Oh, Alvin, really. You right. should write. Really? No, how about some dinner? Okay. Hey, wait a minute. What, what did I say that was so funny? Uh, you were talking about the play, Charlie's Antique. 
<laughs> Did I really? <laughs> See, that was clever, wasn't it, huh? <laughs> See, what's that? Uh, a lamp. Uh, how about some dinner? What's it for? To make you big and strong. <laughs> no, 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 honey, I mean the lamp. Oh, that's just one of those old-fashioned lamps. Uh, that reminds me, that's what we're having for dinner. Old-fashioned lamps? No, old-fashioned lamp chops. <laughs> look at it. No, honey, honey, please. I... Elizabeth, did you buy this? Alvin, did I tell you I scratched the fender a little bit on the car today? Everybody buy a thing like this ought to have his head examined. It is now a very bad scratch. It... I... The car, Alvin, I scratched the fender. Elizabeth, did you buy this? If you want to see the scratch, the fender's in the back seat. Well, I said, did you buy this? Sort of. How much? So what did the bus driver say to you? How much? Now, that's a funny thing for him to say. He's supposed to tell you how much. Well, Elizabeth, how much did you pay for this lamp? $17. Do you mean to tell me that you spent $17 for this? I didn't mean to tell you. You asked me. Elizabeth, I <laughs> slave and work like a dog all day long, and you have the nerve to squander $17 on this. Well, I took the money out of my half of our joint savings account. <laughs> right, let's just make the best of it now that you've bought it. How does it work? I'm glad you're being so nice about it. So, you know, these things used to put out a pretty bright light, honey. How does it work? What does it do? Does it... You put the flowers in there. Well, let's put them... The flowers? Yeah, it's an antique. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it for a vase. Well, the next time you go to that junk shop, pick up a couple of vases. We'll make some lamps out of them. <laughs> What's in the package? Don't change the subject. Wouldn't you if you were in my spot? No, I guess so. What's in the package? You should have seen the expression on the bus driver's face when I said money doesn't go off tree. <laughs> Everybody roared. <laughs> it's just a dirty old piggy bank. That is not just a dirty old piggy bank. That is a, a genuine Ming piggy bank. <laughs> Where did you get it? Hmm? Um, Charlie's wife. You see, there was a mix-up. Wait a minute, I'll tell you. Charlie's wife bought this at an antique shop, and Charlie didn't want it, so he palmed it off on the first sap who came along. Well, honey, it's over 500 years old. 500 years old. Well, it is. Look, look at the inscription there. Medinja Pun. Medinja Pun? Sure. That says made in Japan. <laughs> Well, I didn't spend any 17 bucks. I only gave him $2.79 for it. Wait a minute, I want to show you something. Look at this. A genuine dime store piggy bank. 29 cents. Medine, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that'd make you sit up. The fender's in the back seat of the car. Get back to the piggy banks. I shall leave you at this point, Elizabeth. Good. And on your way out, will you turn off the stove? I think your old-fashioned lamp chops are burning. 
and take me with you. You have won a hollow victory, Elizabeth. Give my regards to Charlie and Charlie's wife and Charlie's horse. And Charlie's horse. So, yeah, uh, genuine uh, Ming uh, Dynasty piggy bank. <laughs> Made in Japan. <laughs> I like that. So yeah, so that was that was. Uh, I, I saw that and I was like, all right, this is solid. This is good. Um, now the the actual Betty White show that I have from eleven twenty nine, uh, nineteen fifty four. That is actually, uh, it was a variety show, and uh, it it it, it was so fast moving and so fast paced. You know, it was like the intro. A commercial and a song, like in under three minutes at <laughs> the beginning of it. Mind blowing stuff. It was it, it was so good, and I and I never really heard her sing before, so I thought everybody might get a kick out of hearing her sing a song. And I'm sure whatever song this is is likely not ASCAP BMI, so I'm not too worried about that. So uh, check this out from uh, 1954 from the Betty White Show. It's the Betty White Show from Hollywood. This portion brought to you by RDX, the safe way to lose ugly fat, yet still eat what you want. And Geritol, America's number one tonic that helps you feel stronger fat. Boy, now here's Betty White. It's time to say hello again, and start our show again, and sing a song or two for all of you. Hi. Happy Monday to you. I hope this is a very extra special Monday for you as it is for us because today is wish day. And that's always extra good news for us. First of all, however, you know, reducing can be a hardship, but it doesn't have to be. If you've been advised to lose weight, why don't you try this simple, easy way? What's the best way to reduce? Eat what you want or starve yourself? Starve yourself? <laughs> Wrong. A half-empty stomach causes hunger tantrums. Now you can avoid hunger, hunger tantrums. tantrums, lose weight naturally and fast. With the RDX Full Stomach Reducing Plan, you fill your stomach, yet fat just seems to melt away. And safe, pleasant-tasting RDX tablets contain no dangerous drugs, no hormones. So if you want to eat and lose fat, get RDX at your drugstore today. Isn't that good advice? I hope you follow it. Well, we feel so good around here today. We all sort of have a lot of excess energy to burn off, and, and we also have a couple of fellows that have just insisted finally. They said, if we don't get a chance to be on camera all by ourselves without the rest of the band, we're going to sulk, and we can't have them sulk. So Eddie Robertson and Rock Hillman have to come in and help me with this number. This is how we feel today. It's a good day for singing a song, and it's a good day for moving along. It's a good day. How can anything go wrong? Cause it's a good day from morning till night. It's a good day for shining your shoes And it's a good day for losing the blues Everything to gain and nothing to lose It's a good day from morning till night I said to the sun, good morning sun Rise and shine today Oh, you gotta get going if you're gonna make a showing And you've got to right away Good day from morning till night. Cause it's a good day from morning to 
Betty White did do a little song and a dance for you right out of the gate. So hmm. uh, I just I just looked hmm. up those RDX pills. Yeah. They had amphetamines in them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and they had, eventually the same amphetamine went on to be called Alderol later on. So, you yeah, know, there you go. Well, the the guy in the commercial said they had no harmful harmful chemicals. No. Well, they didn't have any harmful harmful chemicals because nobody did any research on them. I guess and I I guess he. <laughs> nine out of ten doctors prefer Camel cigarettes over any other. Oh yeah. Oh my God! Yes. My doctor recommended that I. I smoke menthol cigarettes. Oh, when I heard go. that commercial, I'm like, "This, this is not got. To, this is not. This is not good." So I looked it up. I'm like, "Oh yeah, it was not good." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for doing the research. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, before I completely run out of time, um, there here's a couple uh, short ones from the Betty White show. I the, she immediately went over to a desk and started reading jokes that people had mailed her. And the the three jokes that she read off, they're actually all pretty funny jokes, so it's under a minute. Here you go. Mrs. Arthur Peterson of Taylor Falls, Minnesota, <laughs> sends in the, the farmer, says, this is the laziest rooster in the world. And the city friend says, how do you mean lazy? Farmer says he's never crowed in his life. He always waits for another rooster to crow, and then he stands there and nods his head. <laughs> That's a silly picture department. And then from Perry, Iowa... From Rosemary Slater, we have the one about the little girl on the transcontinental train. She says, Mama, what's the name of the last station we stopped at? Her mother says, don't bother me. Can't you see I'm reading? Why do you ask? Because brother got off there. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay Melliker, 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 I think, of Manitowoc, Wisconsin, says, the wife says, the couple next door seem to be very devoted. He kisses her every time they meet. Why don't you do that? The husband says, I say, do you think she'd let me? <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool. And then uh, uh, lastly, uh, I found a clip um, from some weirdo uh, researcher group that finds old uh, television content with mentions of UFO sightings. <laughs> and she had a, a young, young boy on her program by the name of Ralph Richardson who claims to have seen a UFO. And she had a pretty good take on the whole thing. How about television? You ever watch television? Very light. Oh, I gotta say too, and if Theo, if Theo, if you're out there listening, this guy, kid might have been your friend too. Did I care? What's your favorite program? Space Patrol. Space Patrol. Do you like space things and this? Ralph, you weren't the fellow I heard that that uh, saw a flying saucer, were you? Mm-hmm. When was it? That's true, too. I'd like to hear about it. I'm very interested in it. Where did you see it? When I was living over where I used to live in Los Angeles. Well, what did it look like? It's round and white. Round and white? I heard it the next day. I heard it carrying the paper, not the paper, but it's this book where the Navy Marine saw him too. Were you scared? Well, I should have been scared. Well, that's the best answer I've ever heard. I'll buy that answer right this minute. Why should you be scared? Maybe somebody's trying to get acquainted with us. You can't tell. You shouldn't be scared of that, should you? <laughs> God, she's such a nice person. She's like, <laughs> whatever. Aliens are coming down. Maybe they're just try trying to get acquainted with us. <laughs> yeah. That's all. 
So I, I, I that that uh, is my last clip uh, uh, for the night. Um, uh, but yeah, I thought that would be fun uh, to go a little uh, little sideways and, and get into some older material, uh, you know, and and then edge into you know kind of get back into uh, some more modern stuff. Uh, but yeah, so Miles, the pretty fun uh, uh, retro stuff there, huh? Yeah, that is good. And um, did did someone plan on bringing up the incident involving one of the dancers on the show and the requests that were made on what on the Betty White show? Yes. Oh, I had not heard of that, but you can bring it up when we come back from break if you want. We'll do. All right. So, uh, but Michelle, uh, in the interim, uh, why don't you tell everybody what birthday trailers they are going to hear in this first first uh, block? Okay, now it'll be the first uh, three. First three, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we have one from Betty White. She was born on January 17th, and she just recently passed, but it's Lake Placid. Come on, horror movie, Betty White, you know, uh, Gotta be done. animal rights person, and, and she was very animal rights in this movie, and I love it. Nice. Um, um, and then we have Frank Langella, two from Frank Langella. Um, he, uh, uh, one of the one of the sexiest like uh, smooth voices that I've ever known in an actor. Um, he was born on January first, nineteen thirty eight, in New Jersey. Um, and uh, he, uh, I have the Ninth Gate and the Sphinx, both very, very cool. fun movies. All right, very cool. Well, here they come. Here are the birthday trailers uh, for Block One. And when we come back, uh, I'll pass it off to Miles, and he can tell us the. The salacious story uh, from the Betty White Show, right after this. It has existed since prehistoric times. It was worshipped by primitive cultures. It can kill a man with one crushing bite. We heard a man was bit in half. Any recent bear attacks? Bears don't attack people underwater. Probably a fever then. What was that? Whatever's out there, who shot with this, he's dead. Oh, no. <laughs> Sheriff, how many deputies you got? You came here to help you find it. We can't let him kill it. Experience a few parts mystery. Do you have any theories of why he's here? Honestly, I don't know. And a few parts... <laughs> ...missing. It's a human toe. Is this the man who was killed? He seemed taller. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pullman. Shoot him! No! How much of a wacko is this guy? Bridget Fonda. Mother! Oliver Platt. Maybe swam back up! Maybe not! I just have this feeling everything's totally safe. This summer, the Earth's oldest creature has just found a new home. Lake Placid. May I take a look? All my own rare editions have the same protagonist, the devil. Only the supreme masterpiece was missing. The Nine Gates is a kingdom of shadows. A book reputed to have been written by Satan himself. I want you to go to Europe. I want you to get it for me. You mean the devil won't show up? 
reputed to conjure up the Prince of Darkness in person. Some books are dangerous. You don't know what you're getting yourself into, Mr. Corso. Get out before it's too late. I'm afraid it already is. At last the key. You unlock the night gate. You travel in silence to brave the arrows of misfortune. And fear neither noose nor fire. There have been men who have been burned alive for just a glimpse of what you are about to witness. I'm an Efter, chief physician and architect for the living God, king of the two lands, to reverently atone for the disturbance of the eternal rest of the king, Tutankhamun. In a land of mystery, she asks too many questions. What about the papyrus? I think you had better leave. In a land of danger, she comes too close to the truth. <laughs> Whoever killed him is going to hang for it. In a land of betrayal, she dares to fall in love. Oh, I didn't want this to happen. In a land of ancient secrets, she pursues the greatest riddle of all. This is my find. A chance like this is not going to come again in a million years. Sphinx, based on the international best-selling novel. Had to be certain that you were who you said you were. Who are you? What do you want? What do you know about the black market? Leslie Ann Down, Frank Langella, Maurice Romay, John Gilgood, Sphinx. Many have died to keep the secret. Many will die to learn it. That guy needs to chill out. It's my favorite new commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh every time I do it. That guy needs to chill out. Stone Cold Steve Austin talking about Gordon Ramsay in the Tide Cold commercials. <laughs> that guy needs to chill out. Hilarious. So anyway, uh, welcome back to the show. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, Michelle, thank you for uh, the birthday trailers and all the great Betty White stuff you're going to be talking about later. You're most welcome. She's an angel. <laughs> Absolutely. And Joe, definitely looking forward to uh, hearing some Golden Girls and uh, Hot in Cleveland, since it's so cold in Cleveland tonight. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. I bet. I bet. I had a lot of fun uh, with... I think we all had a lot of fun uh, finding stuff. And uh, lastly, Miles, uh, you have a bonus story for us uh, before we get into your audio. Uh, 
regarding the Betty White show. Uh, the, 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 please elaborate. Yes. So uh, the Betty White show happened in 1954. And in that year, and it's probably not unrelated, was the same year that the Supreme Court handed down Brown versus the Board of Education, which banned the segregation of schools. Okay. So, which of course will get all of your racists in a huff, yeah. clutching at their, clutching at their pearls and looking for the nearest fainting couch. So, um, a demand was made of Betty White that she remove from the show an individual named Arthur Duncan, who was a black um, tap dancer on her show, and uh, this demand was made of uh, like the television stations you know because television was still a fairly new medium yeah and uh they were demanding otherwise they weren't going to put on the, the her show in the south and betty white's response to these racists was i'm sorry but you know he stays live with it and uh true to her word she kept him on the show had him on for three episodes and there were other things now i can't there might be more. I could probably do some digging, more digging, mm -hmm. to find out whether or not uh, she, her show was not broadcast on Southern television stations. I don't know, but her standing up to the racists is just awesome. Well, it doesn't it, matter it, either way because you know they're lost if if they don't, and if it was, then you know they could turn it off if they didn't like it. Yeah, well, you know that that's the thing. They wanted to take away the choice from the American. Uh, audience to have it there at all yeah the whole, that's the whole point they wanted segregation in their entertainment and she said no well it's, so, it's uh, that that's interesting because i did see uh one i did see a, a one of the clips with him in it or at least another african-american performer um but i think she referred to him as arthur uh in the clip um but uh the little boy she interviewed the ufo witness uh, uh ralph richardson he he was an african-american boy so uh, they, yes. uh, you know, uh, she, yeah. So live with it, deal with it, suck it up. So I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I, I am sure that, you know, the entertainment industry has still got a uh, segment of it that is rife with racists and mm -hmm. uh, they can stay under whatever rocks they live in. But her show was canceled within a year. So um, I, I do feel it's related. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, oh, absolutely. I, I can't see how it not being the case. Yeah, well, and, you know, those people are still alive and well today, and three of them are going to spend the rest of their lives in prison uh, for uh, slaughtering uh, an innocent jogger. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, did and the, the sentence come down? down? I didn't hear it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them, the, 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 the one, uh, the, not the, the father and son have no chance of parole. Um, 60 consecutive years i think or 30 i, I don't know right. with no chance of parole okay. and then the other guy has i think 20 with the chance of parole or something like that but you know he'll be 20? like 20 in his Oof. 80s yeah um so uh and cool. also i know i've, I've stayed away from pol uh, politics in this show but i, I figure well you, you guys are both here is there has never been a bigger, more sniveling, weakling pile of shit on the, that's ever walked the face of this planet than Ted Cruz. 
Oh, yeah. That little little whiny baby boy. Oh, Oh. Lord. I heard that today. I'm like, oh, God, what a wimp. Oh, my God. Crying and crawling to Tucker Carlson to apologize for calling the terrorists from January 6th of 2021 terrorists. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't flee to Cancun. The heat was so oh, high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cancun cruise. So. A burn. Burn yeah. there. Burn. You burn. You burn. You burn. <laughs> you burn. Wow. You All burn. right. So I thought you guys, I thought maybe you guys would appreciate that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, there's yep. never been a more sniveling, cowardly piece of garbage that is. As slid- Colbert said about him last night, he doesn't even do a beard well. Colbert's a national treasure. So. All right. So anyway, sorry to cut into your time there, Miles, but uh, let's let's go ahead Uh, and uh, um, get to it. Yes. Betty White's career, long, expansive, just a a juggernaut of the uh, American entertainment industry. And uh, one of the, uh, I'm going to dip into the Mary Tyler Moore show, which had a run about four or five years, I believe in the seventies, which of course stored was basically, it's about, you know, Mary Tyler Moore and uh, had Ed Asner in it. Ted, the late Ted Knight. Oh, they're all late now, but I mean, mm-hmm. Ted Knight, who is just amazing and did the voice of the uh, Super Friends. Uh, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, the Hall of Justice. Yeah. Yes. Oh, there are so many. I, I kept getting distracted with clips of Ted Knight on the, on the very time. Of, uh, and as I'm researching, I'm like, oh, Ted Knight. You know, I just, <laughs> he is so amazing. Anyway, uh, so. Ben Meanwhile, White, at the Hall of Justice. Character. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, B- Betty White uh, on the Mary Tyler Moore show played a character named um, Sue Ann Nivens. And mm-hmm. the character is very... Um, it, it, she, she was mean. Uh, she, but, but sort of... Uh, there, but she tried to portray herself as nice, but there was, it was like a velvet hammer. When she said things... <laughs> That, that intended to be sort of like a compliment, but it was really not. I mean, it was, it was like, like, um, like a Southern bell kind of just a, but very, uh, I don't believe she had a Southern accent. No, she didn't. She didn't fake with a Southern accent, but that, mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing it was just this, Oh, you sweet dear. And blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it was just one of those, you know, kind of, uh, uh, uh characters. So, one of the uh, character interactions that was a very big part of the show was how Sue Ann, I will say, had the hots for Lou Grant. That was Mary Tyler Moore's boss. And Lou is a husky individual. We all know Ed Asner for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he, he's a big man. And uh, so... But she just laid into him hard, and I've got some clips of. Uh, but I think the first one might be a bit long. I'll tell you when to end it because. But um, it, what this does is, it is straight up, um, not to be indelicate, but sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah. And it, apparently, the, so the humor is basically, I guess, when a, a, a woman does it, it's humorous because of the role, typical role reversal, if you yeah. will. But, uh, yeah, so she had the hots for Lou, and Lou wanted nothing to do with her. So, um, I think, did, have you got that uh, clip? That's Kenny? clip That's clip two, right? 
I believe so. Oh, I oh wait, no, it might be clip one. Hold is on a second. Clip Let me one? look. Clip one is Johnny Carson. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 Johnny Carson. Yeah, that happens in I think in the eighties. All right. So yeah, let's go with yeah clip uh, clip two, and I'll let you know when to end it. All right. Don't get up. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, Lou, you're so transparent. <laughs> Pretending to be gruff. You're just like Chicken Kiev. A crusty shell, but all soft and runny on the inside. So I don't compare me to food. I don't like being compared to food. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and temperate. <laughs> Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May. Hey, and... hey, hey, I liked it better when I was soft and runny. <laughs> Sweet, adorable, bashful, shy Lou. Yeah. Don't try to hide it any longer. Don't try to hide what? Your true feelings toward me. Oh, oh I know how much you're attracted to me, and you know how I know? Hmm? Because you go to such lengths to hide it. Sue Ann. I am not attracted to you. See? <laughs> That's why you're always avoiding me, because you know if you get too close, you're afraid the little pilot light of desire that flickers within you might turn your whole oven on. <laughs> Sue Ann, for God's sake. That's why at the station picnic last summer, hmm? you wouldn't even be my partner in the sack race. You were so afraid of having your passion aroused. <laughs> that had nothing to do with it. I just didn't want to get in the sack with you. <laughs> Since you're obviously too shy to ask me out, Lou, I'm going to ask you. Hmm? Why don't you come to my place for supper Friday night? Sure, come on. I can't. Oh, now before you answer, remember the more you protest that you don't want to come, the more it'll be clear to me that you really do. The more oh. you say no, the more it means yes. <laughs> Let me get this straight. If I say no, it means yes? That's right. And oh, if what? you say yes, it means yes. <laughs> so what's your answer, Lou? Perhaps. <laughs> well, we can end it there. That, okay. the, the, the clip continues on through another scene. But, uh, yeah, that's your straight up, uh, yeah... Uh, no means yes, and yes means yes. Wow. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, yeah. That that was Mary. That was uh, Sue Ann. Uh, wh the way she interacted with Lou all the time. I mean, and I. Uh, um, the second, the the next clip will definitely portray it. But I just want to make sure everyone understands that Betty White is very handsy with. Yeah. Ed Asner. I mean, she is touching him on the arm, on the shoulders. I, I'm pretty sure she she caresses, you know, the top of his head. I mean, there is no holding back with, uh, and you can see, I mean, the, the, the clips, if you look at them, there's just no mistaking the absolute contempt and just the, uh, the role of the eyes and, you know, Ed Asner wants nothing to do with it, just like, Oh, you well, know, that complete. probably was about the safest way to address that kind of behavior. And, you know, Mary Tyler Moore was no, uh, you know, stranger to feminism and neither was Betty no. White. So, 
um, you know, that that could yes, yes. have been a, a, a really smart way to kind of put that out there and make it known that it's not acceptable behavior from, uh, you know, from anyone to a coworker, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, it's all about control. Uh, well, yeah. Or no power. So, yeah. um, okay. But, uh, the way it's ended though, it's kind of ended on a soft note because these are characters in the show and you can't just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not, you know, kill off a character, you know, like, yeah. uh, unlike, unlike modern TV where it's just like, Boop, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Ned Stark, but, no! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Ned Stark. So, um, anyway, so, spoiler, Lou goes over to uh, uh, Sue Ann's for dinner, and um, dinner is finished, and you're having a post-dinner kind of chat on the couch or what have you. Uh, uh, there's a scene. Uh, I, I I I cut the first part of the scene out because there's just long, silent, awkward pauses yeah. of, with just um, you know applause, which doesn't do anything for us on the, on the radio. So sure. But uh, basically, she goes and sits on the couch, she, and and Ed's looking at her, look very, uh, very uh, not Ed, Lou, Lou Grant's looking at her kind of very warily. And mm -hmm. she just pats the couch next to her, encouraging him to come sit on the couch also. And so he sits on the far side, but the moment, and he's looking away from her, but the moment he sits down, she's already up and she sits down, I mean, conjoined at the hips, basically. So uh, this is, so, so we're foregoing the rest of clip two and going straight to clip three, right? Yes, correct. And All so right. this is this is what happens after she basically sits directly uh, uh, snuggled up against him in the couch uh, uh, after dinner. All right. What's that expression? A great meal is the prelude to the symphony of love. Hmm. <laughs> Who said that? I did. <laughs> Look, Sue Ann, don't do that. Go ahead, Lou. You're stronger than I am. Pressure advantage. <laughs> Be gentle, Lou. That's all I ask. Be gentle. <laughs> well, at this point, she is full on kissing him, and they're hand wrestling. And she's winning. He's winning. Yeah, it's very vi visual. What is it, Lou? You want to be flattered, coaxed, cajoled? What does it take? <clears throat> Lord knows I went for broke on this date. What did I do wrong? Well, it's, it's not. It's not uh, is it me? It's not quite... If it is, you might as well. You might as well just tell me to my face. Is it me? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly it. You're absolutely right. It's you. Well, well, well what I mean is that that uh, you're uh, you must too good. For this. Uh, ch chasing men, throwing yourself at them. <clears throat> That's not you, Sue Ann. No. You have much too much to offer. Hey, any guy would be darned lucky to catch you. But you have to have enough confidence to let him do the catching. You're a terrific broad. A uh, uh, woman. Oh. Broad's okay. <laughs> but you don't... 
You don't give people a chance to find that out. The treasure shouldn't do the hunting, Sue Ann. You're a treasure. You should act like it. Okay? I think maybe I'd better go. Lou? Hmm? That was a lovely rejection. Isn't life funny? I've been accepted by lots of men and felt rotten. You just rejected me. And I feel like a million dollars. Thanks, Lou. Listen, uh, this was a, a good evening. Who knows? Maybe... <laughs> Maybe we'll do it again sometime. When? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she does not let. Yeah, she back to being her old. Uh, oh, you know he wants her face, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a that was a moment. Um, yeah, yeah, there, there was there was full on kissing. I mean, she was all over him, and uh, basically he 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 wrestled free and got free of the couch, and he's up, you know, pacing as he's trying to <laughs> recover yeah. and she was despondent with rejection, but uh, he, he talked her down to a kind rejection, I guess. Well, that is, that is so, a nice uh, character interaction though, uh, towards the end there. Yes. Yes. It, it, it was a, uh, I guess a amicable breakup. I, I suppose if a uh, different thing. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, time's running short. Look, I guess we should go. Uh, so anyway, uh, we'll go right to where Betty, White does lots of amazing things. She goes to talk shows all the time, and uh, I cut a clip from Tarzan. Uh, so Tar- Jesus, Johnny Carson of the Johnny Johnny Carson show, where uh, she's done skits with Johnny Carson. There's one skit of them doing Adam and Eve, and this is a, a part, just a small snippet of uh, a skit where they played um, Tarzan and Jane in their older years. All right. Uh, so uh, let, let's go ahead and roll with that. Quit feeling sorry for yourself, pygmy pants. You know the worst part of being raised by apes? What? Breastfeeding. <laughs> Me Tarzan, king of jungle. <laughs> Big king you are. That wasn't exactly a royal performance you gave last night, king. <laughs> That never happened to Tarzan before. <laughs> Are you kidding? Even at your best with you, it's strictly wham, bam, thank you, Buana. <laughs> Let's face it, you're not much of a man. Oh, yeah, quicksand chest. <laughs> Tarzan, all, all man. when you take a shower under the waterfall the hyenas all stand around and laugh at you hyenas always laugh yes but they don't usually point <laughs> so yeah there's definite you know back and forth on on uh, that and uh, betty white was no stranger to being able to really just dish it out uh she 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 is a, yeah. an American you know does a total and um not only that, so she she has this real just, I guess a kind girl next door kind of air about her, mm. but there is 
no shyness when it comes to just diving into the gutter, I, I guess is a, a, yeah. a, a not an unkind way of saying it. She she will not. Um, uh, there's a, a clip I'll share. I'll share the clip of um, in, in the chat. But basically, it is of her with James Corden. I know he's British, mm -hmm. and he, there's another guest. And this other guest was talking about a moment, and he was talking about how he felt uh, Sh William Shatner come all over him. I guess he was talking about like channeling uh, William Shatner's ghost or or mm. his inner you know essence or whatever. Blah blah blah. And Betty White is 93 years old in this interview, and she's sitting right there next to him, and she just says. Oh, I wish I could say the same thing, and it just ends the show. I mean, just I mean, the the, the, the audience starts howling in laughter. The the two people, the two, they just anyway. I'll share the clip. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, that pretty much brings an end to my time. Uh, I well, I think we talk we, about James we, Webb a little bit more. We have time for your last clip. Oh, the top ten. Yeah. Go for it. All right, so uh, this is uh, Betty Betty White doing the David Letterman top ten, right? Yes. yes. All right, very cool. Here you go. The uh, category tonight: uh, top ten, uh, top ten Betty White tips for living a long and happy life. How about that? And who I is see. who is a better example of a long, happy life? Oh, no one. Than Betty White. No one. It's wonderful. Beloved, uh, very talented, always been very funny, and the category top 10 tips from Betty White for living a long and happy life. And now, ladies and gentlemen, presenting tonight's top 10 list, the lovely and talented Betty White. Betty, come on out. And... Betty White, Thank you so much, Betty. The category, Betty White Tips for Living a Long and Happy Life. Here we go, number 10. Get at least eight hours of beauty sleep. Nine if you're ugly. Ah, doesn't hurt to go that extra hour. Uh, number nine. Exercise. Or don't, what the hell do I care? <laughs> you, didn't make it either. you didn't have a dog in this fight. Uh, number eight. Never apologize. It shows weakness. That's right. <laughs> number seven. The best way to earn a quick buck is a slip and fall lawsuit. <laughs> so good. Uh, number six. Avoid tweeting any photos of your private parts. Uh, number six. <laughs> number five. Schedule a nightly appointment with Dr. Johnny Walker. Yeah. Yeah, oh, buddy. Okay. Number four. Take some wheatgrass, soy paste, and carob. Toss in the garbage and cook yourself a big-ass piece of pork. <laughs> Number three. Try not to die. Exactly. It's a good one. Number two. Never dwell on past mistakes. Especially you, LeBron. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
and the number one Betty White tip for living a long and happy life. Don't waste your time watching this crap. Oh, yeah. oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're burned. <laughs> Very good. Uh, <laughs> Thanks she's for an amazing line. woman, and we're all the richer for her uh, contribution to our lives. Yeah, and you are not wrong about it. You know, even even that first uh, one of those early clips that I played where she told she was doing the readers' jokes about the, you know, the husband kissing the neighbor's wife stuff. That was bracy for the time, you know, for a, a daytime yeah. show. So you know, she she was she she was no stranger to the effect of that kind of humor. So. Um, but, uh, yeah, so thank you for that, Miles, and uh, we're going to keep trucking along, and um, we're going to hear from Joe on two classic shows from the 80s and 90s, the Golden Girls, well, actually, the 2000s, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. um, hot in Cleveland. And, uh, and of course, we're also going to be talking about Jeremy Renner, who has a birthday this week in Hour 3, uh, about some of the movies he's done, and Hawkeye, and some other stuff that I want to talk about. Tom Selleck, talking about you, buddy. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Staring at you, dude. You knew. <laughs> yep, yep. Not so, his but, first rodeo. No, might be one of his last, though. Um, but anyway, listen to that top ten list, Selleck. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back with more. It came from Cleveland right after this. It's going to be a good night. It came from Cleveland, Ohio. From the dead, kept alive by experimental science. Science runs amok when human beings tamper with unknown forces. Now at last, the real shocking story can be told. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. A nightmare combination of shock and terror, and you're invited. A foolish unto you. Something evil. I hit him on the head with a skillet, then buried him under the bulkhead. But dig him up if you don't believe me, Sherlock. Not recommended for impressionable children. <laughs> Here's a bit I of know a where teaser. that clip came from. <laughs> bit of a teaser. So, uh, yeah, so welcome back uh, to It Came From Cleveland, our Betty White uh, forward special. Um, and, uh, of course, thank you, Miles, for all the fun stuff. And uh, looking forward to your stuff as well, Michelle. And, uh, and yeah, and uh, Joe, we uh, should probably get right into it because you've got a lot of fun stuff to share with everybody from... Uh, from uh, the the 80s and uh, even more recently on Hot in Cleveland. The 2000s. The 2000s. Yeah. Yes. yes. For sure. Yes, well, okay, we'll get right into this. Okay, first of all, we'll start uh, with the Golden Girls. Uh, great show, great cast, and uh, great writing, really, really good. Uh, writing, spectacular writing. writing. So, um, Absolutely spectacular Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, the jokes came up. Mile a minute. If people don't know the premise of the Golden Girls, uh, you have uh, you have three middle-aged, fifty-ish, mid-fifties women living together with one of their moms, and um, Betty White was a a little girl who grew up in a little Minnesota town called Saint Olaf, <laughs> Minnesota, right. very Norwegian, 
and she was a Norwegian American, and she had a tendency to tell really weird stories <laughs> around breakfast time. <laughs> so let's get right into it because I, I lined up five of the the weirdest stories I could find that she told. Uh, let's start with this one was uh, they were arrested and they were in the slammer with some uh, prostitutes, <laughs> and she was uh, lamenting on a part of her life that uh, she'll never get over. Uh, that's uh, clip one, Butter Queen. So what was this great disappointment in your life, Rose? Butter. I wanted to be Butter Queen. Oh, yeah. What an actress. She was so good and gone with the wind. I wanted to be Miss Olivia de Havilland myself. Blanche, are you listening to this? Bits and pieces. Go on. Butter Queen was our town's highest honor. From the time I was born, my folks groomed me for it. Singing lessons, dancing lessons, junior butter pageants. For 16 years, my entire life revolved around butter. You were very fortunate. So many of us wasted our youth. <laughs> when the time came for the pageant, I was incredible. I showed poise in the evening gown competition. I was brilliant in the oral butter quiz. They couldn't even trip me up with a trick margarine question. <laughs> that evening, butter was spelled R-O-S-E. Rose, you're embarrassing yourself. Please don't go on. I have to, Dorothy. I've kept these bitter butter memories too long. Oh. As the pageant drew to its frenzied finale, there I was, alongside the other two finalists, churning my guts out. When all of a sudden, for no apparent reason, my churn jammed. <laughs> yes! And just like that, it was over. I'd lost. It was the biggest disappointment in my life. It was small consolation to find out years later there had been churn tampering involved. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh churn tampering. Oh, and, and the, the... That is the, the worst. <laughs> the, yeah, I know. When they churn, churn, churn tamper. <laughs> there was a little Jack Webb, Johnny Carson, butter, bitter butter, bitter butter. <laughs> uh, remember that skit? Oh. oh, yeah. Well, that was uh, Brass Bells. Wasn't it? Brass bells, man. This is yeah. bitter butter. butter. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, another another breakfast, another and and this one. Uh, if you saw the visual of the clip, uh, the other girls are just hysterical. Oh, copper copper us, clappers. Was, that's what it was. Copper clappers. Copper clappers. clappers. Sorry, that's right. <laughs> um, so. Clip two is about uh, the Great Herring uh, Circus. <laughs> oh, and she tells about uh, uh, two families in Norway who. Uh, had access to the the best herring uh, fishing in the area, but they got together and it wasn't a it was a disaster. Clip two. This is exactly what happened during the Great Herring War. <laughs> the Great Herring War. Yes, between the Lindstroms and the Johanssons. Oh, that Great Herring War. <laughs> The two families controlled the most fertile herring waters off the coast of Norway, so naturally it seemed like it would be in their best interest to band together. Oh boy, was that a mistake. You see, they couldn't agree on what to do with the herring. Oh, well, that's understandable. I mean, the possibilities are overwhelming. 
<laughs> exactly. The Johansons wanted to pickle the herring, and the Lindstroms wanted to train them for the circus. <laughs> Weren't they kind of hard to see riding on the elephants? Oh, not that kind of circus. A herring circus. Sort of like SeaWorld. Uh -huh. Only smaller. Yeah. smaller. Much, much smaller. <laughs> but bigger than a flea circus. Uh -huh. uh, tell me, Rose. Um... <laughs> Did they ever shoot a herring out of a cannon? Oh. <laughs> but they shot him into a tree. <laughs> After that, no other herring would do it. Oh. <laughs> You're making this up. I am not. My grandfather told me that story. <laughs> of course, he also used to call me by my sister's name. <laughs> And sometimes he'd wear his underwear on the outside of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he wasn't a very reliable source. <laughs> After that, no, he no, wasn't. no herring would do it again. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Her. No, <laughs> he shot him into a tree. <laughs> and, oh. and if you see the clip, the other the other women are just cracking up. I mean, yeah. just, and I got to tell you, throughout these clips, B. Arthur is such a great straight straight person but she oh, actually her, lost it in that i could hear it in her voice she yeah. actually did start to lose it oh, oh, oh yeah when she asked about shooting the heron out of the cannon she <laughs> lost it she totally lost it they were cracking up well in in her her sar b arthur's dripping sarcasm was always like my favorite because i've always been a very sarcastic oh, yeah. person but I loved all of their yes. personalities. It, you know, it was it was just a wonderful show. I used to watch it religiously when I was a kid. And um, yeah, and it, I'll, if it's on TV, I won't turn it off now. No, not not a bit. No, I say I say you talk about sarcasm. When I at work, they, they we used to love they used to love to have the uh, staff meetings with me because I was the king of sarcasm at work. And I no you. I, See what I did? Oh, there? Yeah, <laughs> and B. Arthur was my idol <laughs> because oh, yeah. she could do it with such a straight face. You know, like that was the killer. You know, what I mean, yeah. she could do it with a straight. She face. was born for that, though. That was oh, her oh, yeah. through oh, yeah. and through. Oh, yeah. And you know, and, and, and her her role on Archie Bunker. I mean, she really. Oh, that was, was a great counter. To him. Excellent foil, yeah, and uh, yes. but you know, you know, having somebody like B. Arthur, uh, you know, all, all of the the actresses on the Golden Girls as as role models for me, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, you know, uh, I was bullied a lot, and sarcasm made a great defense mechanism because bullies are often stupid and don't it understand star sarcasm. You're, so if you can fuse, right. I used to get an yeah. If you can fuse your opponent, that's good. Mm -hmm. I know, I. I, I same here. I was bullied when I was in school, and 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 boy, I could come up with the one-liners, and everybody start laughing at the bully, and I I take the hit for that, but I I got a kick out. Oh yeah. But, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's a great weapon. Anyway, uh, uh, she also had uh, told this story at breakfast, and uh, it's about uh, when she was a little girl and used to go to the ice cream parlor uh, on on Saturday mornings, and this uh, soda jerk. 
there. I had uh, a little uh, soft porn uh, thing going on with the ice cream. Oh, Clip boy. Three. Yeah. He worked at Lars Erickson's drugstore and tackle shop. He was a soda jerk. Now that I think about it, he was the town jerk. Every Saturday afternoon, I'd go in and have a Sunday. Well, Nils would arrange the ice cream scoops in an obscene way. <laughs> I could never prove it because by the time I would take it home to show my father the... <laughs> to this day, every time I pass a, an ice cream parlor or a tackle shop, I blush. <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. The evidence would melt. <laughs> the evidence would melt. And again, they, the other two women were on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> cracking up it's because they knew it was coming says, by the time I got the ice cream back <laughs> they all said oh, I melted so, that's hysterical yes that that was but the, the, clip four is my favorite of of the, the, the bunch that I, I picked tonight because it is so weird <laughs> and is so but it uh, takes place in a, in a this one of the hospitals at St. Olaf. Apparently I, there was... Huh? I can't wait for this one because it's about one of my favorite topics in this world. Iconic. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is. And and uh, apparently there was a, a, a murder there and this is what happens. <laughs> clip four. Well, oh, clip five, I think you mean, right? Oh, no, no. This is, oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Clip four. You're four. Right. When I think of my father, I always picture him pulling a giant tuna up Main Street. <laughs> Who doesn't, Rose? <laughs> it wasn't a real tuna. It, it was made of chrysanthemums. It was the float in the Founders Day Parade. <laughs> you probably don't know this, but my hometown was founded by Heinrich von Anderdrennen. <laughs> the first man to ever can tuna in its own natural juices. Anyway, it was the 50th anniversary celebration of the founding of our town. My father was chosen to pull the float. <laughs> he thought it was because he had the newest tractor, but actually it was because he was the only one small enough to fit into the mayonnaise jar costume. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget the, the moment we caught sight of him turning off a sycamore on the elm. Something must have happened to the tractor because there he was. This lone little mayonnaise jar <laughs> dragging this giant tuna up the hill past the reviewing stand. I don't think I've ever been prouder in my life. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. I'm sorry, I gave the wrong intro to that clip. That, yes. wasn't the, that wasn't the clip I was thinking of. That was the clip about her father, yeah, with the tuna. Uh, he was the only one small enough to fit in the mayonnaise but, costume, mayonnaise jerk costume. The, that's it. And he thought, yeah, he thought uh, he thought they picked him because he had the best tractor. Um, actually, it was you were right? It was Cliff Five about about uh, the murder. 
Yeah, that happened well, well, at, the, at one of, because my, one of my favorite topics in life is not tuna, so it's the <laughs> it's the next it's, one. But yeah, it's, it's the next one, and uh, yeah, this this was the most hilarious of the five from the Golden Girls I went I came across, and uh, it happens at a hospital at Saint at uh, the, the town of Saint Olaf. Uh, it's clip five. Well, Gunilla Ulf's daughter was a nurse at Cedars of St. Olaf Hospital. One night she was taking care of Sven Bjornsson. And he asked her if she would get him some more mouth moisteners and then kill him. <laughs> Gunilla brought the mouth moisteners right away. But the killing thing, it seemed to go against everything she'd been taught. You're doing beautifully, Rose. <laughs> he begged and he begged and by her coffee break she couldn't stand it anymore. So she pulled the plug and he died. Well, she was racked with guilt that night. Not only had she parked her car in a doctor's spot, <laughs> but she was never sure whether Sven's pleading was the pain talking or the medication talking or the guy in the next bed talking. <laughs> you see, the guy in the next bed was Ingmar von Bergen, St. Olaf's meanest ventriloquist. <laughs> Rose, we are going somewhere with this. I mean, if not, I'm going to cut out your tongue. Yes, Sven came back to haunt Gunilla. Since then, every Tuesday night at 10, 9 Central, <laughs> she hears noises. Some say it's the wind, but... Some say it's Sven's voice whispering back from the other side, saying, turn around quick, his lips are moving. <laughs> you see that, Mom? You kill someone, you end up being a rose story. <laughs> Oh, turn around quick oh. his lips are moving his lips are moving oh saint olaf's meanest ventriloquist <laughs> which in itself is hysterical because how many ventriloquists did saint olaf's have yeah they, probably scary. probably a lot a lot of them i guess but he was a killer he oh, was a my killer God. They didn't know if it was the medication talking, the pain talking, or the guy, or the in, the guy in the next bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm I'm crying. I need I need to get a tissue. Uh, I I'm telling you, Barb and I, when I was trying to make sure I had these clips right, we were in tears. That one just got to us. Oh my god, uh, I it just well, brilliant writing, brilliant writing. It, it was, and again, B. Arthur was such a great straight person. Well, know? the whole cast just played off each other's strengths so beautifully. They did. Oh, the they delivery did. and the in the chemistry—it was just mm -hmm. legend, legendary. And you know, you know, Betty White once said that that B. Arthur hated her, and she didn't know why. She said, and she she just adored uh, B. Arthur. You know, she said, but for some reason, she just didn't like. Betty White, which is so unusual. weird. Yeah. Huh. Well, anyway, uh huh? I said, huh, huh. Now, later in the two thousands, uh, Betty was in a, 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 a 
a sitcom uh, from your back neck of the woods, uh, Kenny. Hot in Cleveland. That's right. Hot in Cleveland. And uh, the premise of this show. Yeah, Wendy Malick. Uh, Wendy Malick and uh, Valerie Bertinelli. And I forget the name mm-hmm. of the, the British actress from Frasier, right? Right, right. Yeah. And uh, the premise of the show, for those that don't know, is that these three aging uh, Hollywood types are on a flight to Paris that has to make an emergency landing in all places. The mistake by the lake. The friendly the by the shore. Cleveland. Yep. <laughs> Cleveland. So, so they land in Cleveland and uh, sort of like the area because it's not so youth uh, uh, obsessed. Yeah. And that's what they were trying to get away from because they're sort of like middle-aged women who were in Hollywood and are now thrown to the curb because they're maybe over 30, <laughs> you know? Yeah, really. So, yeah. So they, they land in Cleveland by mistake and sort of fall in love with the town, as, as I did when I was going through Cleveland. Yeah, and even when there was a serial, serial killer on the loose. He was not a ventriloquist. There so. was <laughs> He did. <laughs> and so um, these three uh, rent a house, and the landlady is Erica, who was played by... Uh, Betty White. And she has quite a past. I believe she was married to a Don in the Mafia at one point. Nice. And uh, so she had a lot of good stories to tell. But uh, there are great some lines from this show. And uh, clip six uh, is when they're just sitting on a porch one summer night. And uh, the younger girls have a question why she about her, her, her constantly wearing uh, uh, sweatsuits. Let me ask you something. What's the deal with old ladies in tracksuits? Well, it's simple. In your 20s, you dress for men. In your 40s, you dress for success. In your 80s, you dress for the bathroom. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Ain't that true. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. And so... The next clip is um, uh, Erica's on a date with none other than Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner is so funny. Even even in the 2000s, he was still funny. Oh, God, yes. And and uh, so she's on a date, and they're at this fancy restaurant, and they're having a nice conversation. And Carl Reiner has some romantic talk um, for Eric in clip seven. Question. Favorite medication? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, all things considered, I think I'm going to have to say Celebrix. Celebrix? Nice. I'm an allopurinol man myself. Oh, my God. Ooh, I'm on God. that. Somebody likes to party. <laughs> oh, boy. Ever go to Canada for your discount mates? Do I? I'm on a first-name basis with all the border guards. Me too. We should carpool next time. Is it possible that you are the perfect woman? Well, I'd say it's very possible. <laughs> I oh, picked that funny. I picked that one because I knew you you, you had the gout. Yeah, I have. I'm holding my prescription right here. I took it. I took allopurinol during the show, and yes, that is a uh, 
It is a management <laughs> bill. Well, so. there you go. You and Carl Reiner share Alan Pure and all, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. It probably is. I, I would have to agree. It's probably my favorite because it keeps me from being in debilitating pain from uh, crystal build up, build up in my toes. There you go. There you go. But you don't go to Canada on a regular no. basis. No, okay. that's uh, things have gotten a little better in this country since that show was on. So <laughs> okay, yes. And the final clip is a short one, but I loved it because uh, Carol Burnett is in it. Oh, another nice. of my favorites. So, and who doesn't love Carol Burnett, right? Exactly. So, uh, in this clip, um, one of the girls gets a job doing, one of the girls that was a former Hollywood person, uh, gets a job doing a commercial, and they have uh, Erica, who is Betty White, um, stand in for the rehearsal, but then it's time to shoot it, and they, Carol Burnett is the producer. She gets kind of snippy with, uh, with Erica, and uh, well, she pays for it clip nine or clip eight there you go thank you so much for warming them up now it's time for a professional actress <laughs> you did a tv show with puppets <laughs> i'll have you know i can express more with one hand than most people can with their entire bodies i can express how i feel about you with one finger <laughs> <laughs> damn and nice. i yeah you're burned <laughs> you burned. There goes. You burned. <laughs> so that that is my my contribution to the Betty White tribute, and let me tell you, it was fun doing it. And that the ventriloquist one had us in tears. Oh my god! Yeah, same here. That same. All, so fun. all of those were magnificent. So uh, they were. Yeah. So uh, wow, what uh, this is a lot of great stuff. But uh, on that note, though, we we do have to get going to the break. And, of course, uh, coming up here is uh, another mythical moment from Adam Hebert. Uh, he went with a Norse-themed one to pay tribute to Rose Nyland. Uh, so, um, I think we have uh, some info about uh, Mjolnir coming up. So, that's pretty exciting. But, yeah, so uh, we will be right back with lots more Betty White. And, of course, we'll be talking about Jeremy Renner. And some other stuff towards the end of the show. So, be right back after this. And I hit him on the head with a skillet, and then buried him under the bulkhead. Well, dig him up if you don't believe me, Sherlock. For Radio for Humans, and it came from Cleveland. This is Adam Hebert with Mythical Moment Twenty Seven A: The Theft of Mjolnir. Where in the world is Mjolnir? In Norse myth, Thor and Loki share many interesting and funny adventures as an opposites attract buddy cop type pairing. Perhaps the most funny is the story of the theft of Mjolnir and how Thor had to fake getting married to get it back. Here's the story. Morning came to Asgard, and the sun slowly rose over Thor's house on the field of power. See mythical moment number five. Thor got out of bed, showered, trimmed his great big bushy red beard, and got ready for a day of hunting the enemies of Asgard, the giant Jotuns, and caving their skulls in. It would be a rich, full day. He got to the door and checked to make sure he had everything he needed. Wallet, keys, spectacles, testicles. But there was something missing. Something important. Something that a rich, full day of Jotun skull caving couldn't be done without. His trusty weapon, the hammer Mjolnir, was missing. Dun dun dun! 
He asked his lovely wife Sif if she had seen his hammer, and she asked, What hammer? What hammer? The hammer that was a symbol. The hammer that he left home with every day to put the smackdown on giants. That hammer. She said no and not to talk to her in that tone. Thor sighed. He would need help. Specifically, he'd need Loki's. Loki could keep a secret, and they needed to make sure this did not get out. If the Jodens heard that Mjolnir was missing, they would take advantage of it and attack Asgard. And if the other Aesir found out, they'd scold Thor for losing the most powerful weapon of mass destruction in the world. Loki had an idea about how to start finding it, but it would mean Thor having to call in a favor with Freya, the goddess of love, beauty, and pelvic pinknuckle. Loki had Thor ask to borrow Freya's cloak of feathers so that he could covertly fly over the land of giants, Jotunheim, to see if he might be able to suss out who stole Mjolnir. Freya was happy to lend it, and Loki put it on and promptly took to the skies. He looked around for any strange happenings, and he found the Jotun Thrym out and about. Thrym was the richest of the Jotuns. He was above going out and about himself. He was rich enough that if he wanted to go out and about, he'd send the hired help to do it for him. Finding this suspicious, Loki landed in front of uh, finding this suspicious, Loki landed in front of Thrym. Thrym asked Loki what all the fuss in Asgard was about. This caused Loki to arch a brow. He and Thor had been very careful not to let the secret out. The only way Thrym would think something like that was if he had been behind the theft. Loki told Thrym of the theft and accused him, and Thrym's reaction was to admit that he had been behind the theft. He said that he had hidden Mjolnir miles beneath the earth, and only he knew the location of where it was. Loki threatened to tell Thor, and Thrym pointed out Thor wasn't exactly a huge threat without his murder hammer. Loki didn't understand what was going on. If Thrym had stolen Mjolnir, why hadn't he told the other Jotuns and organized a raid on Asgard? Silly Loki, Thrym said. His goal wasn't to sack Asgard. He had everything a rich, disrespectful Jotun could want, except for one thing. He wanted the hand of Freya. Loki blinked, pointing out that would leave her with just one hand, and he wasn't exactly comfortable chopping off her. Oh, Thrym meant he wanted to marry Freya. Loki sighed, but nodded. He'd talk to Freya and try to arrange the marriage, on condition that Thrym keep the secret. Thrym agreed and promised to return the hammer at the wedding as a wedding gift to Freya. Loki flew off to Asgard to work his magic and get Freya to marry a gross giant pervert. Back at Asgard, Loki worked on trying to get Freya to agree to the marriage. Freya, however, flat out refused. She was the goddess of love, and she believed in free love, even with her brother Freyr. Marriage to one person just wasn't really her thing, especially when that one person wasn't a person at all, but a gross Jotun. Eventually, Loki concluded he would not be changing Freya's mind. Loki paced around, rubbing his temples as he tried to think of an idea. They couldn't steal it back, only Thrym knew where it was and he would never tell. And if they took too long, Thrym might break his promise and alert the other Jotuns to the theft and Asgard's current weakness. After an hour or so of thinking, Loki had a brilliant idea. Steepling his fingers with a mischievous grin and looking at Thor, he asked Thor what his dress size was. Thor blinked, saying he didn't know. Loki called Freya back and told her his plan. And his plan was simple. Thor, he said, was going to get married. Freya laughed out loud, and the two began their work. Next time on Mythical Moment, a wedding is held in Thrym's Hall in Jotunheim, and he begins to notice some odd traits his bride-to-be exhibits. For Radio for Humans, and it came from Cleveland, this is Adam Hebert reminding you to make sure to take good care of your Jotun killing hammers. Back to you, Kenny. Background music is Medieval Fantasy Adventure by Alexander Nakarada, who can be found at www.serpentsoundstudios.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Thanks, Alexander.
And I think I'll have me a little drinky winky. Oh, yes. My beer has been outside in the frigid cold and is just on the verge of freezing and is so nice and cold. And I'm cracked oh, one beautiful. open just now. So, uh, yeah, so uh, welcome back to the program. Uh, thank you for that, Joe, that trip down uh, memory lane, uh, from especially from the Golden Girls. I mean, I, I really should watch Hot in Cleveland because I live in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, the Golden Girls, that's that's a show that, you know, I still got tears in my eyes from that. That was hysterical. They froze up a little bit when yeah. I went outside to get my beer, though. So, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. And of course, Miles, thank you as well for uh, uh, reliving some uh, classic uh, television moments from uh, the '70s and '80s from Betty White. Very good. Yep, yep. And uh, now, Michelle, we, we've gone through a, a pretty much a, a relatively linear timeline for from all of the goodness that uh, Betty White has done on television and now you've got uh her her uh venturing into the silver screen and and a bunch of other stuff uh some animation and, and all kinds of goodness oh yeah yeah because she she's a jack of all trades and she just you know the way she just met life was just so amazing um she um was in everything from as you said the the, the early the early uh, serials and the um the early tv stuff and she met alan london originally on password and then their romance grew as they did theater together yeah and you know it was it was just and that was such a beautiful relationship you know they loved him because she would appear on game shows with him she uh, tattletales which oh, was a really right. fun, yeah, fun little celebrity game show where they got celebrity couples, and they would each try to figure out how they would answer the question. And um, it was, I actually really enjoy still going back and watching some of those old old game shows. Oh, and, I do too. It's 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 like comfort TV because it's stuff we grew up on and we'd see in syndication and stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and especially Match Game. Cause she'd yeah. always have the, the she'd always have that that bottom right corner where it would be her or it'd be Fanny Flag. Um, there was another <laughs> person there was there I I can't I can't remember her name but she was another redhead too, um, uh, like Fanny Flag was. Um, but yeah, she would be always be in that bottom right, and that was like the anchor, you know. You either were going to have a really, really bad wrong answer, or you were going to make some sort of joke that would crack everybody up. So, so basically, there was the center Paul Lynn Center Square position, right? Pretty, pretty much. You know, you had <laughs> Richard Dawson right next to you, and you came right after Richard Dawson, and he was a hard act to follow. Yeah. yeah. So you had to have some strength. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just, I love her to death, and she's done everything from movies, TV, theater, uh. Uh, I think she was even down here at the Burt Reynolds Theater a couple times. Um, she did animation. She did voiceover work. Mm -hmm. But the first one I want to bring up, of course, is the horror movie. The one horror movie that Betty White was in. It was about a giant crocodile in a lake in Maine. And nobody knew how it got there. Nobody <laughs> knew what, you know, what it was. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that would be Cliff, and they have to go, and they, they're, they're trying to find somebody as a witness to this. So they go to the one person that actually lives on the lake. And she's this old woman, her and her husband have lived there for years, and they go and go to talk to her. Well, my husband passed away. It's been almost two years now. My department doesn't have any record of that, Mrs. Bickerman. Well, I'm sorry. Incomplete records haunt me so. 
What was the cause of your husband's death, ma'am? Do you know? We don't mean to invade your privacy, but was he ill? Was he sick? Was he swallowed? Sheriff. Uh, Mrs. Bickerman, the reason why we're here, a man was fatally attacked yesterday by some animal in this lake. Do you know how your husband died? Oh, yes. I killed him. You killed him? Oh, yes. Uh, and how would you have accomplished this, ma'am? Well, he was very sick, and, and he refused to go to a doctor. He'd be coherent one day and incoherent the next. And Well, one coherent day, he asked me to end his suffering. And he kept insisting and insisting, and then, well, finally, I just gave in. And I hit him on the head with a skillet, and then buried him under the bulkhead. Well, dig him up if you don't believe me, Sherlock. <laughs> Sherlock. <laughs> I love it. It's so she great. Is, she's, yeah, she plays this beautiful, sweet old lady, you know, and they're, they're not believing the story that she killed him. They're, did, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to piece together what's going on. They're really confused. And the more they research, um, Oliver Platt's character shows up um, in a helicopter. He's like this big uh, celebrity guy that goes around, you know, swimming with dangerous animals and stuff like that. And he uh, wants to save whatever hunter. this is out there. Well, he's yeah, but he doesn't have the accent. He's kind of he's not like the crocodile hunter. Yeah, he's yeah. more of a he's more yeah he's more of a rich guy just getting his thrills type thing. Gotcha. But he has some knowledge and he's pretty cool. So they are they and then they finally realize that there's something in this lake and it might be a reptile. It might be a reptile. It's probably it may be a crocodile, maybe an alligator, something big. And so they start having a stakeout. And then they see her feeding a live cow to this huge crocodile. And that'd be clip two. You gotta be kidding. I'm not kidding! What is she doing? feet into the water. And this is also Come where she gets a little racing too. A man has been killed in part because he's silence. I could make out a charge of reckless endangerment. And I'm sure Peter would be annoyed at how you treat your cows. The reason I lied, if I told you the truth, you'd hunt it down and kill it. Which seems to be exactly what you're trying to do. How long have you been feeding this thing? Six years. Six years? Well, Bernie was out fishing and it followed him home. So we threw it some scraps. Well, he didn't seem to bother anybody. He became kind of like a, a pet who lives in the wild. He just appeared. You have no idea how he arrived here. No, do you? Ma'am, your husband Bernie, you didn't by any chance lead him to the lake blindfolded. If I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. Yeah. Did the crocodile kill your husband? Yes. 
but it, it was all, it was a mistake. A mistake? One of our horses got loose two years ago. Went to the lake to drink, and the crocodiles started coming in, and Bernie went to intercede, and if I'd reported it, they'd have sent people to kill it. Ma'am, how could you not report this? Puts human life at risk. Nobody lives on this lake. It's really his lake now. Yeah. Cass <laughs> was so cool. She's the animal rights activist to the extraordinaire, too. So mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to mention real quick before we get to my next two clips. Um, on the 17th, there are streamers um, that might, uh, there will probably be all over Twitch. I know Meemaw's going to be doing it, but she's going to be doing a live stream and she's going to be having a, 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 an auction. Uh, kind of like uh, things that she'll do. Like she'll eat some bean boozles. Those are the really nasty jelly beans that came from oh, like yeah. the Harry Potter series and stuff like that for a certain pledge. And all the money is going to get donated to an animal charity in Betty White's name. That's so, awesome. So it's very, very cool. Um, yeah, so she she knew how to get saucy. And that, you know, and I, and that's one of the things I love about her. And she hosted Saturday Night Live one time because so many people clamored for her to host Saturday Night Live. And she was in almost every skit during that episode. Oh, but one of my to, favorites, right? um, I don't know if it, many people know the skit, but the um, NPR hosts, The Delicious oh, yeah. Dish. Yes, <laughs> where they talk about things. You know, it's like the old Alec, Alec Baldwin episode of it when they talk about sweaty balls. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yes. Um, and this is this is Betty White and and uh, uh, her dusty muffin. Oh. Our guest today is a little bit of a rock star in the confectionery world. No kidding. She can shake it, break it, and sprinkle it, child. <laughs> Please welcome Florence Dusty from Dusty's Old Time Bakery. Hi, Florence. Hi, Florence. Thank you for having me. Florence, what delicious treat are you going to share with us today? Ah, well, a lot of people like my pumpkin pie, and of course my, my carrot cake is obviously legendary. But if there's one thing I'm known for, it's my muffin. <laughs> Get a whiff of that. <laughs> Pretty intense, right? Mm, I can't wait to taste your muffin. Mm. Mm. Wow. Warm. Mm -hmm. Yummy. Mm. It's surprisingly salty. <laughs> I mean that in a very good way. Your muffin is remarkably velvety. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's true. I think we both assumed, and I think wrongfully, that a baker of your generation might tend towards a more dry or crusty muffin. <laughs> well, that's true. Many bakers from my era uh, have dry or even yeasty muffins. Oh. Uh. A yeasty muffin can really ruin your whole day. <laughs> Sometimes you're weak. Wow, the phone lines are really lighting up. <laughs> I can get to those later. Florence, there's a tangy taste in this muffin. Is that a cherry? Oh, boy. Oh, no, oh, no. My muffin hasn't had a cherry since 1939. Oh. <laughs> 
wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I I put the entire skit in in, in chat just because it, it goes on for a while, and uh, it's but it's the innuendo and just her delivery. <laughs> Well, you know, it's so much worse just hearing the audio for it, too. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it's it's a spoof of radio as well. So, you know, they, they lean heavily into that idea that, you know, if you can't see what they're doing, it's that much worse. <laughs> yes, it is. Because, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, somebody used to say, somebody's little girl used to say, why do you like the radio so much uh, better than TV? And she, cause, she says because the pictures are better on radio. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. So she did that. She had she had so many skits in that in that one that they were just there's an there's a skit where uh, Tina Fey is playing a census worker. Oh yeah. And yeah. she's she, yeah she she's uh she's uh trying to get some census information out of uh, Betty White's character. <laughs> and it's absolutely hilarious. And uh, there, there, there's one where there, she's she's playing like this old uh, prison grandma with uh, with uh, oh, a yeah. Kean, and um, it's it's so funny because they're doing a scared straight thing, and the 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 three guys that were playing the kids, you know, I think Bill Hader was one of them, mm. and he was losing it when she was up in his face talking about the Wizard of Ass. It was so <laughs> so funny. Uh. But the, yeah. the, one of the things is when I w was watching the Twitter feed about her death, I was really feeling really, really sad. And, and I was, you know, I was trying to remember the joy she brought into my life. Yeah. And one of my favorite people on Twitter, um, Gray Delisle, um, also Gray Griffin, uh, who's a voice actress who's done Daphne and Scooby-Doo. Um, she was in a series called The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. It was basically about these two kids that ended up basically owning the grim reaper mm -hmm. and billy was like your typical idiot he makes the trailer park boys look like einstein he was <laughs> such an idiot and mandy was your beautiful blonde haired cute little girl who had a heart of pure evil and you know she was just she was so cynical so hardcore just so she was just the controlling aspect of the universe. Never cracked a smile. Never cracked. The one time she cracked a smile, the universe almost ended. It was that oh, okay. bad. <laughs> and that was played. That was that was Gray's part. And she had an episode with. Um, she had an episode where she had to go into this really spooky house because. Um, they had lost a, uh, a pair of dice. Billy and uh, his friend had lost a pair of dice, and they dared Mandy to go in it. And supposedly this spooky house is a place of a, of a ghost of a woman who had a pet spider that ate children and bones of dogs. And it was, it was really, really creepy. And they had heard these stories also from Grimm, and Grimm had just overplayed it. And um, so uh, here's the intro to it. That would be the first clip. Baseball is bouncing down the stairs towards her. Stupid baseball. Hey, you! Looking for something? 
Actually, yes. I'm looking for a pair of stupid dice. Do you mean these? Yep, those are the very ones. Well, you can't have them. Fine then, keep them. Fine. Thanks, I will. Fine. Fine. Good. Good. <laughs> this is a little scary. <laughs> yeah, so that's the intro. Yeah, she's she's a really creepy lady. You know, uh, basically in a spinsters type dress. You know, Victorian kind of with a tight bodice and a little bit of a bustle on the back. You know, and uh, uh, it turns out that she's pretty creepy and and kind of fun. And uh, here's more of Billy of uh, Mandy's interaction with her. All right. <laughs> Good shot, Mandy. You've got what it takes to be a world champion, like Dancing. I was. Come along, Mandy. I've got something for you in the kitchen. I can't remember the last time I had company. <laughs> Feels like an eternity. <laughs> Melon makes me smile. What about you, Mandy? Uh-huh. Let's retire to the living room, shall we? <coughs> oh, my! With all the excitement, I nearly forgot about little Frankie. Little Frankie? Yes! Little Frankie, my pet spider. Spider? Yes! I nearly forgot to feed her. Feed her? That's right. She loves melon. Isn't that so, my little darling? So, she's a vegetarian? That's right. No meat. Or, say, bones? No! <laughs> no bones, either. Why do you ask? Well... You see, somebody told me a... Well, look who stopped by to say hello. It's little... Lucky. Now, what was it you were saying? All right. Somebody told me a story that you fed the bones of some kid to your pet spider and that you're really a ghost. must have been talking to that old bag of bones, Grim. Ever since I beat him in a staring contest, he's been making up all kinds of stuff about me. In fact, he's never forgiven me for beating him in just about everything. Tennis, golf, and of course, there was the little matter of the heavyweight champion of the world title fight. And the dog? How'd you get his dog? I won him off old Grimm in a poker game. <laughs> Which reminds me, here's your dice back. Oh, you can keep them. They belong to Billy and Irwin, my two dorky friends who wouldn't let me play their stupid game because I was a girl. Oh, that kind of stuff makes me crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy! <laughs> Very cool. 
Yeah, so I, I just love that. And I, you know, I, I gave you a couple short sound clips if you ever want to use them. But the one that that Mandy, where Mandy is uh, talking about, uh, turn it up so you can hear the screams is a fun yes. one. Turn it up so you can hear the screaming. Yes, I, I will be using that on this show. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and the crazy, crazy, crazy clip. I, I, I cut that down too for yes, you. So yes. they are they they're very cool. Oh, that kind of stuff makes me crazy. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but that, that that's what was cool about her, and 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 she she never really took herself too seriously. Um, I'm gonna post a a, a a couple more links in chat for everybody to to look at. Um, she was on a uh, episode of Tanked, which was a show on the Animal Channel, the Animal Planet Channel, mm-hmm. uh, where they they would make tanks for you know certain people, certain charity events and stuff like that. So they did a a tank for her to have it one that she didn't know about that was going to be at one of her animal charity events. Oh, nice. It was a beautiful tank. Very cool. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, just, uh, oh, I, 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 I there, there, there's just so much to say about her. I mean, um, and then, um, uh, oh, there is another uh, thing. I didn't clip it out, but I will put that in chat, the link to it is chat, uh, chat as well. More animation. She was in an episode of Family Guy. Now, a little backstory of this Family Guy episode is, um, and this is where I love her to death because she wasn't afraid to get a little raunchy. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter finds some gra- uh, some um, uh, pornography, some erotica, you know, oh. books that are you know the the, the, bo- <laughs> the you know the the written erotica type stuff. Mm-hmm. And he reads them. He says, "Well, this doesn't sound that bad. I could do it myself." So he writes a book, and he ends up naming the brand Peterotica. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, you know, when you have a book nowadays, you have an audio book, and sure Betty White reads the audio book version of the Peterotica. <laughs> yeah, maybe we might have to have that for next week. Yeah, it it is funny. I, I I'll post a link for it. I think I put it in our channel as I Miles put it in the channel as well. So very cool. Yeah, I what just what a what a wonderful multi-talented individual she was and you know she left us of wealth of things and things that you know we we still have yet to discover too like the older material that that's available on YouTube. I had never seen any of the stuff that I um clipped out uh until tonight. Uh you know, I I, I heard some of it uh you know cuz well some of the stuff she was repeating you know, about her, you know, husband, you know, uh, Alan Ludden, you know, right. as recently as, you know, last year. So, uh, just, a, you know, just wonderful, what a wonderful human being and what, what a mark she left, uh, on, on this world, you know? Yes. And uh, if you look at her IMD page, she has so many different things she did and it's just, it's fun. If you've never seen something, just go back and look at it. You can probably find it on YouTube. Or some streaming service out there. So, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, anything else you want to add, Michelle? Before we go to the break? No, just remember, you know, um, if you want to do something in her memory and you have some spare pennies laying about, make a donation to a local animal shelter, a no-kill facility, or um, someplace that you know. I, I wouldn't, you know, like to your animal shelter, your city one, because they do kill things. Um, yeah. I would say, like, to a local no-kill facility. Or like a, a big cat rescue, or you know, like um, a, a, yeah, anything that that's close by, and give it in her name. 
and they'll understand because I'm betting the donations will start pouring in. I'm certain that that's yeah, that's probably going on right now. So, and uh, and she she you know she would she would beam down on you from where from wherever she is just yeah. because you did it for her animals. That was one of her biggest loves in her life, next to her husband. Yeah, yeah. So what what a wonderful human being, and what a uh, what a treat. Uh, you know, she was for all of us for for decades and decades and decades. Um, you know, I say all of us. I mean the the world. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, she started. Uh, I mean, literally over ninety years ago, uh, as a little girl on the radio, which we played last night, and and she was a remarkable actress. At you know the age of eight, just incredible. So and uh, and what what an absolute pioneer. And of course, you know, hearing her talk about winning an Emmy and having that open up new doorways for her to keep working throughout, you know, game shows, you know, and she, she actually, she was like, yeah, it's legit working on game shows. There were so many great celebrities on game shows back in the day, but it became kind of a taboo after a while, like only Z listers, you know, but that's not true. David Niven used to be on talk show, on game shows. David Niven. Well, yeah, was, there were, you know. yeah, there were so many of them. I mean, they, even, you know, the, the, the pyramid, you know, match game, uh, Hollywood mm -hmm. square, all of them, and they were top end people that had stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, but uh, all right, well, good job, guys, uh, and thank you, Miles, for the idea to to do this. Um, you know, I think this was a pretty fitting tribute, and I hope that made everybody feel better um, a little bit. And um, but yeah, I think we should probably go to the break right now, and um, we will uh, when we come back. We're going to talk about, gee, Tom Selleck sure had a change of tune on his uh, AAG commercials. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll save that for last because I want to talk about Jeremy, Jeremy Renner more than I want to talk about him. And we'll talk about some of the films of Jeremy Renner, uh, another fine, fine actor and uh, somebody who is not afraid to work in television now, now that we have quality streaming services like Disney+. Plus. So, and of course, we'll be talking about Hawkeye. What a wonderful television series that was. Um... But yeah, so everybody hang tight. We'll be right back, and we'll uh, close out with some Jeremy Renner in the angry mustache of Tom Selleck right after this. Turn it up so you can hear the screaming. And now, on with the show. It's going to be a good night. Cleveland, Ohio. A land of strange rituals. The savage horrors of fearsome mutated beasts. Back from the dead. Kept alive by experimental science. Science runs amok when human beings tamper with unknown forces. Get the power! Now at last, the real shocking story can be told. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. A nightmare combination of shock and terror, and you're invited. A foolish undertaking. Something evil. How can we take this one? Land is beautiful. Not smashing a 72 Challenger. Come on. Not recommended for impressionable children. <laughs> I love that scene. I, I felt the same way. I'm like, no, don't hurt the car. <laughs> I'm not smashing a 72 Challenger. Come on. <laughs> Oh, that was yeah, so but good. Yeah, something, something bad still happens to that. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, welcome back to It Came From Cleveland, and uh, I think we had a nice little celebration there, two-hour celebration of, uh, of the life and times of, of the late and great and a well-life-lived uh, Betty White. Uh, and again, thank you, Miles, for uh, proposing the idea, and I think it worked out rather well. Yep, 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 I agree, thank you. And, uh, of course, uh, Joe, welcome back. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, oh, man, you, you really brought the tears tonight uh, with <laughs> with your selections. Good tears. The, the meanest ventriloquist. <laughs> Insane all <Absolutely>. out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, and, and Michelle, uh, thank you as well uh, for bringing the, the horror angle uh, to, uh, to Betty White. That was great. Well, all I can say is just doing this this morning just made me smile, made me laugh, Good. and just re you know, and that did a beautiful thing for the day, you know. Yeah, that great. may that that warms my heart to know that that uh, you uh, it, it may may it's it's been therapeutic, I think, for all of us. So because I was just I was glued to YouTube just recording this that that earlier stuff, and you know that's the kind of stuff that I really really enjoy going after is just learning something a little bit more about someone who whom I admire and um you know uh has a life beyond what we you know and had a life beyond what we all knew and I I, I knew she had to have done something in old time radio and but there's only like four shows where the survive of anything she did in old time radio and the other ones, Joe, I don't know if you remember it. Uh, this was your FBI. She did a couple episodes of that. And those, yeah, those, I were, do. those were kind of crappy because, <laughs> you know, they were, they were a lot of red scare crap, you know? Um, so, uh, but, uh, you know, it, 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 I, I, I didn't bother with any of that. Um, and, and she wasn't in them as much as the one from when she was a child. So, um, but yeah, so it was a, it was a lot of fun to, to check that out, but, um, yes, another celebrity birthday of somebody I deeply admire who is uh, just a little bit older than me. Just, uh, he just, just turned 51 this week, uh, is one Jeremy Renner who, uh, actually got started in acting, uh, relatively, uh, later in his life. Um, definitely not when he was eight years old on radio, um, but yeah, Jeremy Renner uh, started acting um, in the late '90s, I believe. Uh, so he was, you know, uh, probably pushing thirty. Um, and uh, it, but it, he he did he had a breakout role in a little movie about another Ohio native. Uh, well, uh, Jeremy Renner, I don't think was born in Ohio, but um, an unfortunate Ohio native. Uh, one Jeffrey Dahmer, 2002, Jeremy Renner portrayed Jeffrey Dahmer in the movie Dahmer. And, um, it is, uh, it is a wildly disturbing depiction of, of Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, I'm not saying I necessarily appreciate it when people, you know, kind of glorify serial killers, but, you know, if they're dead and they can't make money off of it, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh. Uh, he was he was stunning in the role uh, for this, and uh, you know, and it, it was really his breakout role, and it led to other amazing movies like The Hurt Locker, and uh, what was the uh, movie called uh, Arrival with um, 
uh, the the did you see Arrival, Miles? It was that sci-fi movie about the um, the big, big shard vertically. Yeah, yeah. Hovering. I vaguely have memories of it. And that had um, uh, why can't I remember her name? Uh, Amy Adams, who played Lois Lane, and I think did it have uh i'm 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 not gonna say who i think might el- who else might have been in it but uh i know it had a, a another big name in it but uh but here let's uh, take a listen to uh the trailer for uh oh forest whitaker okay all right thank you um yeah let me uh but let's take a listen to uh, his breakout role with with Dahmer. boy did he have a baby face in this movie You never heard anyone before? No. Never? Everyone knows his name. But no one knows the man. You okay? I ain't feeling so good. What's in those bags? Clippings from the garden. Behind his smile. Why are you following me? Why are you so paranoid? Behind his silence. Your grandmother says that you have a mannequin or something in your closet. Behind the legend lies the truth of Jeffrey Dahmer. Where's the key, Jeff? It was empty when I found it. My friend, John, was just taking him home. No, he is not his friend. He told me so. My goddamn box! I want to see what's inside of it! Then I won't report you this time. But if I come across the two of you again, I'm gonna haul you in. But you don't have to worry about that, sir. We're gonna behave ourselves. Yeah. I know about these kind of problems, son. You're gonna need some help. Nothing you have heard can prepare you for the true story that shocked the world. I'm a pervert. An exhibitionist, masturbator, and a killer. Starring Jeremy Renner and Bruce Davison. Discover the madness inside the mind of... Dahmer. dark performance there um but uh you know and, and it shows you know what kind of versatility he he has as an actor um albeit disturbing as all get out michelle have you seen this one i have not but it kind of reminds me of a quick a little quick story uh, my mother sure. hates mark Harmon Harmon oh for, for playing, playing bundy Ted bundy yeah yeah. So, and I said, well, that just makes proves that he's a great actor. <laughs> if you <laughs> hate him, or role he played, there you go. <laughs> Mom doesn't like him. I love him. So <laughs> I do too. I like him a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So uh, no, I've always been a Mark Harmon fan. He's he's pretty great. Um, he was uh, good on. Uh, was he on uh, Saint Elsewhere? Gosh, Probably, was, I never watched that. That that. Sort I of think TV, his character so. was killed off on Saint Elsewhere. It was like one of the rare exceptions of, uh, 
you know, a, a big lead being killed off on a show. If it was I'm like not a mistaken. Law & Order show, like NCIS or something. Uh, well, he, he was on, he, yeah, I think he's still on that. Uh, but this oh. was, yeah, this was an 80s role, and I believe it was St. Elsewhere. So, but I would have to do some research. I could have the show wrong because there's been a lot of medical procedure shows. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, and again, you know, uh, uh, Joe, I, I can imagine you, you might've seen, uh, did you see the Hurt Locker about the Iraq war? No, I, I don't think I did. No. Yeah. That, uh, he plays a bomb tech in that and, um, oh yes, I do remember that. Yeah. And he, yes, he, and I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. He, he, he goes AWOL to, uh, try and save a kid. Um, in that, and, uh, I did talk to my buddy Pete who served in the Iraq war and he was like, that would never have happened. <laughs> so, uh, but it was a great movie. It was, you know, still it was, it was, it was a terrific movie. And, uh, in his performance in that was, you know, just, um, just fantastic. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so now, uh, let me see if I'm going chronological, I only have one other uh, trailer for him, but uh, Miles and Michelle, you guys might have seen this one, and I, I know Susan and I did. It, it uh, came out in 2012. Oh, wow, ten years ago. Um, well, here, let me play it. It's 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 just too fun. This is a great great action horror movie for everybody. Me and my sister, we have a past. We almost died at the hands of a witch. But that past made us stronger. We'd gotten a taste of blood, witch blood. And we haven't stopped since. My name is Gretel, and this is my brother Hansel. I'm not going to have you telling me what to do. How do you best kill a witch? Cutting off her head tends to work. Hate that one. last two weeks, we have five children taken from us. A witch does not come out in the open like that. I don't think we're hunting witches. There's something else going on here. We have to find those kids. Let's start with this. Shoot anything that moves. <laughs> I see you got my invitation. I have my sister. That's new. Hell yeah! Come on, sunshine. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, Susan and I love this one. It's a lot in the spirit of uh, like Van Helsing, the Hugh Jackman movie, 
lots of outrageous weaponry and and um uh <laughs> that you know did not exist in the era you know and it, it's just it's just a lot of fun and uh i, I it, it's you know not super gory but it's you know great you know very action heavy uh and the one scene you know how, how do you usually kill a witch you you know cut her you know cut its head off and then they set up all that razor wire in the forest <laughs> Um, and she's flying through and on, I don't know if she's on a broom or whatever, but, um, yeah, pretty, you know, pretty fun movie. And you've seen this one for sure, Michelle, right? You there, Michelle? I didn't lose you. Oh yes. Sorry. No. Yeah. I have seen it. Yep. I think I even own it. Oh, nice. Nice. So yeah, uh, I, uh, uh, recently sold a copy on eBay. What do you know? And, uh, Miles, is this one that you've seen too? Oh yeah. 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 So it's very common if Michelle's seen it, I've seen it. Okay. So uh I don't never want to jump to conclusions though, because you guys definitely have different tastes and things. So yeah, well, if it's, well, if it's like a fairy tale or a supernatural thing that I can convince him to watch, he'll enjoy it. Like yeah. the Brothers Grimm. So there you go. Oh yeah, it, you know, that's that's on par with this too. If you like Brothers Grimm, that was a Terry Gilliam movie, actually. Um and uh that was definitely a lot of fun. But uh yeah, it's it's not a it's not a super classic or anything like that, but it, it if you want kind of a dumb throwaway movie, it's got Famke Jan- Famke Jansen uh, in it as uh, one of the witches. Uh, she played uh, Jean Grey in the original X Men movies, and has been in a bunch of other stuff as well. So hey, Hawkeye and uh, Phoenix team up, right? <laughs> yeah. And then he was uh, oh, <laughs> Lo- Lois Lane team up in uh, Arrival. So. <laughs> But uh, the best team up to date it, for my money is the new and, and Joe. I, I I'm sorry, I don't mean to blow past you, but I'm I'm assuming you probably haven't seen the Hansel and Gretel movie, right, Mister Joe? Are you there? Maybe you put maybe I put him to sleep. Possibly. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, or maybe he's just having technical issues. Um, but no, any- no, I'm I'm okay. Here. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. No, good. good. <laughs> I was having so. uh, Sharky. Oh, uh, okay. Sharky. See, to say maybe Sharky ate something. <laughs> <laughs> he ate my router. So, uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, uh, I'm assuming you've probably never seen the, the, this one, Hansel and Gretel. Uh, no. Yeah. So it's it's a fun, stupid uh, action movie, but. Uh, you know, nice, nice, fun twist on an old fairy tale. Um, but now this is where we are going to get into a little bit of spoiler territory for anybody who has not seen the Hawkeye series. So if you haven't seen it, uh, you might want to tune out for a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to go super spoiler heavy. I'm going to talk more about, you know, some early episodes and in, in the early motivations and stuff like that. I don't think I'm going to spoil the end end uh, because there's, you know, but I think there's a lot of people who there's a certain actor in the movie that was sending out tweets when the show was being released or when, you know, the first trailer came out and that actor will not will remain unnamed. Uh, but they were in another Marvel property and they kind of spoiled uh, their uh, appearance in it. So it was no big surprise to me when I saw them pop up. But um yeah, so uh, let's take a, a listen to 
the uh, the Hawkeye trailer, very Christmas centric, and I was so excited. And the music in this was great. They picked some of the best Christmas music for this. Yes. Um. And uh. But yeah, this is the Hawkeye trailer from uh, uh, nineteen uh, or I'm sorry, nineteen twenty twenty one, just last year. And what was it? A six episode event, I believe. I think it was only six episodes. But um, yes, very short. Cannot wait for a season two to be announced, and I'm I'm fairly certain it's already. And happened. my favorite new widow. <laughs> oh yeah, Yelena Belovich. Uh, so uh, here we go. This is the first Christmas we've had together in years. I love you guys. I'm making up for some lost time. Authorities are wondering if the masked vigilante who terrorized the city's underworld is back. The past has caught up with me. Should we be worried? No, no, it's nothing. I'll be home for Christmas. <laughs> I promise. It's the most wonderful time. When I wore this suit, I made a whole lot of enemies. Who the hell are you? Some people have actually called me the world's greatest archer. Are you one of those people? It's the most wonderful. Hey, babe, I should be back in a day or two. Yeah. Hang on a second. <laughs> Things have gotten more complicated. <laughs> premise of this is uh, Jeremy Renner is revising his role as uh, Hawkeye from the original Avengers uh, film, uh, Clint Barton. And, of course, he has a family, has a wife and three kids, uh, a daughter and two sons. And um, he they're, they're hanging out in New York for Christmas and everything. And then all of a sudden uh, something happens that keeps him in New York and the rest of the family has to go home. And what keeps him in the city is uh, the uh, during the um, uh, second uh, what was it uh, Avengers Endgame. We did not see Hawkeye in Avengers Infinity War, but in Endgame we did see Hawkeye, and his entire family had been snapped by Thanos. In and, and I know Joe's eyes are glazing over right now. Uh, so his entire family had been <laughs> been snapped into non-existence by Thanos uh, when he completed the Infinity Gauntlet with all of the gems. <laughs> Joe's like gems. What? <laughs> These are rubies. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> ruby rat. Um, and uh, but uh, but yeah. So th so he wiped out uh, uh, Hawkeye's family, and there was a good reason for him not to be in the the first one. 
because basically it shows him uh, um uh, we we hear there's a conversation between uh Rhodey, War Machine uh and um uh Black Widow aka Natasha Romanov uh in one of the scenes where they're like oh we found Barton you know we think we found Barton and he basically has donned a new identity called the Ronin which they don't mention in the movie but it it it, it is established that he was Ronin in the Hawkeye series and he basically is going around in a rage, a bloodthirsty rage, because Thanos' snap was not selected. It, you know, it, it didn't make people, it didn't make bad, you know, good or bad people disappear uh, or life forms. Uh, it just made half of all life non-existent. And... Hawkeye got the real shitty lotto uh, where he lost four family members and he was alone. And so his rage was, you know, out of control. So he donned this new identity called the Ronin. He was going around with a sword and he was slaughtering uh, crime bosses and, and, and their lackeys and stuff like that. Because it's like, what what right did they have to life when his family, who never did a thing wrong, um, was whisked into dust, you know? And, uh, and that was the opening scene of uh, Avengers Endgame, was his family disappearing. So, very powerful arc for Clint Barton. I don't know. I, I, Miles, that's pretty. is that still pretty vivid for you? Yeah, yeah. That's definitely, uh, yeah, he got a shit hand. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, and, and Michelle, just, you know, heartbreaking. And Jeremy Renner... Was you know pulled that off so well in that first confrontation with um, uh, uh, I keep wanting to say Scarlet Johansson, but it's Black Widow. Um, yes. So two different colors. Natasha. <laughs> so, Natasha. <Romanoff>. Natasha. Yeah, <laughs> Natasha. So you know, there's a confrontation. Basically, she she ends up bringing him home to you know the side of the angels, but again. Natasha and he both know that they have read in their ledger that's that was established early on in the first Avengers movie and they they um where was it that they they kept talking Marrakesh Budapest 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 <laughs> if you watch Black Widow you'll appreciate that reference Budapest um so so anyway, so that that's where uh, you know, but uh, obviously by the end of uh, the end game, his family's back, everything's restored, Thanos is defeated, and then uh, so the next movie you really need to watch before you see this is the Black Widow movie. I won't go too spoiler heavy on it, but the post credit scene plays heavily into um, the events of the Hawkeye series. Yes. So. Uh, with the character, we'll just say Yelena Belova, and we'll leave it at that. Um, so it turns out that, uh, and we're gonna go. We're, we're gonna go. Uh, I think we'll just. Uh, uh, no, actually, I'll, I'll I'll keep it short, and then we'll do the trailers, and I'll come back, and we'll uh, we'll play a clip, and uh, and talk about some of the stuff that happened. But uh, but yeah, so that that's pretty much the setup you need to see for the Hawkeye. Uh, um, movie uh or i'm sorry not movie but uh limited series and um I, I when we come back i want to talk about kate bishop and you know i might have to ditch tom Selleck's angry mustache tonight and i know you guys are going to be sad but uh i just know 
I think I, I think uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin had a talk with Tom Selleck. That guy needs to chill out. Yeah, uh, on the AAG <laughs> commercials. So, <laughs> but but yeah. So, uh, but it, there is another series, another Marvel series that is kind of essential viewing for this. But you might want to just watch the series, and I won't spoil it for you. Watch this Hawkeye series, and then go back and watch the other one that I'm talking about. You know, because that's the great thing about the Marvel Universe is you can jump around and, you know, once everything comes out, you can put it in chronological order and have a, a watch party. I mean, at this point, yes. you're going to need like a month because they put out so much content, <laughs> you know. Hey, um, there's no sign of them slowing down. There is absolutely none. And same with the Star Wars stuff, too, because I just watched the first two episodes of uh, The Book of Boba Fett, too, uh, which is magnificent. I love it. Um, and people are being really spoilery about that, too. Yeah. Making me a little irritated. <laughs> well, I won't say anything about it at all. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and uh, cut to the break now, and we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about the character Kate Bishop and one of my favorite early scenes from the series. And um, But, Michelle, we have birthday trailers part two on the show. Who do we have? Yes, we do. We have Nicolas Cage, born January 7th in 1964 in Long Beach, California. And we have The Wicker Man, which is kind of funny because I just recently watched the original Wicker Man with Christopher Lee. And so I enjoy both of them. Um, Very cool. Then, then we have Dabney Coleman, uh, born January 3rd, 1932 in Austin, Texas. And I have Modern Problems for him, that Chevy Chase sci-fi kind of nuclear accident nice. thing. Which is really cool. And right. then we have... Get this, Robert Loja. He was born January 3rd, 1930 in Staten Island, New York City. And believe it or not, he was in a vampire movie. But of course he was playing a, a, a mafia guy, so who would have thunk? And this is what the funny thing is about this movie. Don Rickles is in the movie and Don Rickles is a vampire. Oh, or wow. gets turned into a vampire. It's very, very nice. funny. All Called right, Innocent well. Blood, 1992. Very cool. Here we go. Birthdays part due. Afternoon. Sorry about that. It's okay. I'll get it. Give me your hand! Edward, I know that we haven't spoken in a few years. I need your help. I need your help. I have a daughter. Her name is Rowan. She has been missing for two weeks now. I fear she is in danger, so now I turn to you. Be careful and believe nothing that you see or hear. Lost your bearings? Oh, hey. Sorry. Snuck up on me there. This is private property. Do you know her? Hmm. I don't recognize this child. Welcome. My little girl is still here. She has been taken by who I don't know. I'll find her. If she existed, we would know of her. Whose desk is this, hmm? Rowan? Hello? 
You suspect foul play. Wicker Man returns. Who's the Wicker Man? I'm gonna search every inch of this town. She'll burn to death. She burned to death. I need your help. Daddy. Chevy Chase is Max Fiedler. An air traffic controller who's losing control. 350. Hold there, friends. 350 for tuna? Copy your correction. Coming in at 350 from Tunis. Not you, Tunis. Maintain 325. He lives a modern life. <laughs> with a modern girl. Modern friends. And modern problems. What seems to be the problem here? Well, his girlfriend moved out on him yesterday and mm -hmm. she took everything in the apartment and now she's here with some guy. That's fair enough. She wanted it, she took it, he let her. Everybody dumps on Max. Until a nuclear shower gives him the power and a green light. Oh, it's true. To get even. Max. Now he's out of control. And about to make this the funniest Christmas ever. This is demon powder. Now, he touched that, he died. Nobody knows. Chevy Chase. He's got hot brains. <laughs> like it. Oh, oh. And modern problems. Patty <laughs> Darvinville. Did you see that? Mary Kate Place. Hi, Max. Nell Carter. And Dabney Coleman. Modern problems. I blew it. I was a bad boy. <laughs> modern problems. It'll glow on you. magic has me in its spell I could tell you're excited that old black magic that you weave so well those icy fingers up and down my spine ah! hey what are you some kind of a freak <laughs> now, this guy's lost a lot of blood you know, he had his head blown off this guy's really lost a lot of blood. Marie had a hunger to feed on the evil. You want a ride? You got one. Michelli's a gangster. Call me Sal. Who's out to take over the city. I call you. Marie. Wait, Marie. What he didn't count on was a vampire. Come on, baby. Relax. With a taste for Italian. <laughs> now, the undead. <laughs> And the undercover. You are under arrest. Are teaming up. Michelli's not dead, is he? <laughs> Gotta get hold of yourself to take the bite <laughs> out of crime. You're gonna be made men. 
But when you're made by me, nobody can touch you. Welcome to the family. From John Landis, the director of an American werewolf in London. You lost a lot of blood. Are you sure you don't need more? Don't worry, you're not my type. Innocent Blood, a movie that goes straight for the jugular. of course from Nicolas Cage and the Wicker Man uh, but uh, yeah great block thank you Michelle uh, as always uh, six great trailers oh you're welcome the Robert Loja one I once, once I remembered that he was in that I'm like that has to be there just because it's so cheesy but it's also a really fun vampire movie so I enjoyed it <laughs> well yeah and you know uh, uh, who, who was it John Landis directed it um, yes, 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 yeah. yes, he did. So, yep. American Werewolf in London, there. They, uh, in, uh, and, and Tom Savini is in it. He, he's, oh. got a, he's got a small role in it, yeah, so he probably helped with some of the makeups. Very nice. And, very nice. you know, amazing, amazing group. Yeah, yeah. So, very cool. Well, welcome back, everybody. Joe, uh, prepare to be bored once again. I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> And We're he, educating him. That's right. <laughs> True, and uh, and spoiling some stuff for him. Um, that's right. But uh, and uh, we're giving you the 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 crib notes. Uh, there will be a quiz later. Um, and okay, I'll, I'll flunk that too, unless it's multiple choice. <laughs> Something about some gems, some rubies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some, some, something. Some Thingos and- guy did something. <laughs> And and, right. and in Living's memory, I called Dabney Coleman's character in Modern Problems a penis. So there you oh, go. Oh, there penis. you go. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, well, and uh, I, I suppose uh, I can. Uh, let me yes. see. Yes. Here it is. One last time. Don't say penis in this house. There you go. So. <laughs> and um, and of course, welcome back, uh, Michelle. Thank you again for the trailers. Most welcome. And Miles, welcome back to you as well, sir. Hello. Uh, so, so yeah. So here we go. So, so essentially, uh, what happens in, in in the the first episode of Hawkeye, and you can probably suss it out if you've seen the trailer. Uh, what happens is Kate Bishop ends up, and I won't get into the details about it. She comes into possession of the Ronin suit. And she, and of course, uh, there is a group called the Tracksuit Mafia, which in the comic books were called the Tracksuit Draculas, by the way, because they were actually vampires, but they called themselves the Tracksuit Draculas (laughs) in the Hawkeye comic. Um, And uh, I guess they wanted to keep it a little more grounded because, you know, gosh, why would there be vampires in the Marvel Universe? Um, (laughs) Oh, they're coming back. (laughs) Well, on Sony's end, they are. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, Kate Bishop, uh, comes into possession of the, of the suit. We see that and it starts to cause problems with the underworld in New York because of Hawkeye's actions, uh, with, you know, killing off bad guys. 
Uh, but it gets a little more complicated than that, and I won't go into it. But the 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 series opens up with Kate Bishop, um, who is uh, the the older Kate Bishop, is played by Haley Steinfeld, who is. Do you guys remember Body by Jake? Jake Steinfeld. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, he's he's like a big muscle guy. He's been in. He was in a bunch of different movies. He was like in Coming to America and a bunch of other stuff. It's his daughter. Um. So, oh no, no, that's his uncle or her uncle. Um, I apologize. So, um, uh, but uh, yeah, so she she got her she had her breakout role in the uh, 2010 version of True Grit. Uh, she's only 25 years old, but what a charismatic screen presence! And she she does the, the so much so great justice to the character of Kate Bishop, just as much as Jeremy Renner does to uh, Clint Barton. Uh, Clint. And um, so, so what it was established early uh, in the movie is she's a New York native and she uh, she her family is rather wealthy and there's some might be some dubious reasons why they're so wealthy. And uh, the movie opens on what's rel a relatively, you know, you know, there's the parents arguing and stuff like that and she's in a room eavesdropping and then you know she tries to make nice with her folks and everything as a little girl and then all of a sudden she goes to a room and all kinds of booms and explosions and everything and they live in a skyscraper in new york and this takes place during the first avengers movie where the chitari led by loki who is influenced by thanos attacks new york and their skyscraper has the, where the, their apartment has giant holes blown in it. She doesn't know where her parents are, and she's standing stunned. I don't know how many stories up it has to be, at least a hundred stories up. Um, and she's staring at uh, what you know. She she sees this Chitari on their on their vehicle rushing towards her to. Uh, you know, kill her as a little girl in this apartment, and lo and behold, there's Clint Barton with nothing but a bow and arrow, and he saves her life by killing off this Chitari. And uh, in the attack, her father is killed, her mother survives, and at the funeral, I almost just—it was like Niagara Falls for me. Almost, she looks at her mom and says, "I want a bow and arrow." <laughs> And and it, it, it was so touching because, you know, uh, Hawkeye is such the the kind of joke character. You know, he's he's just the guy with bow and arrow. What does he do? Well, you know, he has no superpowers, and but he has the courage to go and fight alien invaders with a bow and arrow, jumping off of skyscrapers with you know grappling lines and things like that. Saved her life, and you know. Uh, and I wait, and, and the payoff on that is is beautiful, by the way. But um, yeah, go ahead. Can I can I just say something really sure, quick? Sure, sure. Uh, Hawkeye, please. you know Hawkeye, the joke character. One word, well, one word, Pim, Pim arrows. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> Stark, Stark arrows. Um, you know, and and the, we learn early on. That uh, well, he's a very reluctant partner with Kate, and and she keeps saying they're partners, and he's like, no, we're not partners, we're not partners, we're not partners, we're not partners. Well, that you know, keep watching. But uh, 
Yeah, so uh, I picked a clip. It is it, 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 there's some really great dialogue in this. Um but I, I this is um the hazards of working with Hawkeye because he doesn't label his arrows. <laughs> but this is uh, from episode 3 where they're making an escape from being captive by the tracksuit mafia and this is the one that starts out where he's like I'm not smashing a 70 72 challenger. <laughs> And um, it, it, it is a very visual thing, but there's a lot of fun dialogue in here um, during the chase. And by the way, it is one of the most beautifully orchestrated car chases I've seen in a movie. I usually hate car chases. They bore me. This one was so good and so fun. Um, and, and what were they, what, Miles, do you, do you remember what kind of car that they did take? Was it like a Lincoln Continental or something like that? Yeah, it was a big cruiser. Type. It was yeah, a but... boat. It was a boat, man. And if anybody's ever driven one of those things, one of those old like giant boats from the seventies, the handling on those things sucks. So whoever the driver was on <laughs> in this movie, man, they they deserve uh, they deserve some some serious accolades. But uh, yeah, the, it was so well executed. But basically. Uh, Jeremy Renner in their escape. He, uh, we learn that uh, this is the first time it's been revealed in the MCU that Hawkeye is um, hearing impaired, and he wears a hearing aid, and the hearing aid gets smashed. So they're trying to communicate, and she, she's, you know, and and he wants her to drive, and she's like, I don't want to drive. I'm not driving, and she's like, I'm the best archer in the world. But anyway, you'll you'll hear some of that. But it, they really comes down to they don't have a choice. He has to drive, and she has to be the one to to defend them with his bow and trick arrows. And of course, because they can't really communicate that well, um, she's using arrows blindly, and the the comedy ensues. It and the action in the comedy ensues. It's 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 incredible. But here here's that that clip. My hearing aid smashed. Come on, we gotta go. But that girl still has my bow. We need a car. Oh, can we take this one? Man, this thing's beautiful. We're not smashing a 72 Challenger. Come on. Come on. A Chrysler. Oh, okay. Let's go. Yes, boss. Hey, get over here. I need you to drive. What? I don't want to drive. Come over here. I'm not hearing you. You drive, okay? Come on. Come on. Let's go, let's go. Regular arrows. What do you mean? Oh my god, trick arrows? 
definitely not this one. All right, you don't have to say definitely like that. This one fine? I'm using this one. Hey, be careful. I was born careful. They're not regular arrows. So basically, Joe, she's Hawkeye has all these trick arrows, and she takes one, and it just blows up a car. And <laughs> she's like, "There are four more arrows more dangerous than that one." <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's just so wildly amusing. I, I just, it's, it's such a fun series. And honestly, I don't think you necessarily have to see the other stuff just to appreciate the character interaction uh, of of Kate Bishop and Clint Barton in this, but. Um, I won't spoil anything else, and we are uh, close to the end of the show. But uh, yeah, so uh, uh, so far, I gotta say, I think this is probably my favorite out of the Marvel uh, series on uh, Disney Plus, except maybe tied with Falcon and Winter Soldier, because I'm I'm a little more partial to the, the grounded characters getting a, a a bigger, you know. I mean, I loved Wandavision and yes. I loved Loki. But I really love seeing the more, you know, the I, I love the seeing characters that don't have laser beams that shoot out of their eyes or can fly or whatever, you know, uh, uh, except, you know, with the exception of Falcon, but that's mechanical, you know, flying. Because, um, man, some of the action with Falcon, uh, my God. Uh, that, that was some, um, and, and, and just thinking about, okay, he's just relying on a wing and a wings and a jet pack to do this. You know, uh, <laughs> somebody shoots that off his back. He's screwed. But uh, I uh, will say mm -hmm. I, I like, uh, the low power characters as well, because, you know, if you're impervious and super powerful, where's the challenge? Mm -hmm. But. Um, what I do like, what they really did a good job on this, is you can see the bruises accumulate through the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the cuts and the bandages, yes. Yeah, and, and the trip to CVS where they get Neosporin and uh, rubbing alcohol. Yes. <laughs> and and Q-tips and Band-Aids. <laughs> But yeah, and it, oh, and you know, holding frozen bags of peas on your eye, <laughs> and so, feeding pizza to a dog because that's the only thing you had to feed him. <laughs> a one-eyed, a one-eyed dog. So, uh, oh yeah, you'd love the dog in this too, uh, Joe. Uh, I'm sure he's a good boy. So, uh, but yeah, and, and just and this really, 
is, even though it's very grounded, it really, really, really opens up the MCU in a way that nothing else has really done before. I think, uh, with the exception, uh, because I kind of know the basic premise of Spider-Man No Way Home, um, this is, like, the first real big thing to legitimize something else that uh, we never thought we might see happen. So, uh, you know, and uh, um, and that's all I'll say about that. But uh, yeah, there's no, there's no supernaturally charged or super, you know, po- a mutant or anything like that yeah. type. Care- all the actors in this, whether they're good or bad, are normal people just with highly specialized skills. Yeah, height you know. abilities. Um, well, com- well through, through because training. they train themselves to be that yes. way. Yeah, height and abilities through training, um, and uh, and and just see. And again, I, 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 oh my god, I I cannot wait for a season two, and I want to see uh, I want to see Kate Bishop on in in an Avengers movie with you know Sam Wilson as Captain America, and, you know. Um, any of the other characters who are, uh, you know, and Yelena Belova as uh, Black Widow, what have you. Oh, so. when I saw the Widow Sting, I was like, who is it? Who is it? Oh, my God, it's a Widow Sting. Yay! <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so, it, I mean, because it, it basically t- it, it, it dovetailed right out of Black Widow, and then it legitimized something else, and, of course, uh, yes. uh, rested nicely on uh, so many things that came before, starting with the first Avengers movie, um, and the in the in the last Avengers movie. Uh, you know, so much it, it, it's so well done, and and it's amazing to me how well they you know all of the people in charge of the Marvel television and um, you know feature films are able to juggle. And I would love to like walk into a room. And see the whiteboards, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, the, the um, the the uh, it looks like Charlie from uh, that that meme of Charlie from uh, it's always sunny where he's got. That. <laughs> um, uh, let me see if I can find that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, this one, there you go. It's it's like this is what it looks like at a Marvel meeting, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but um, but anyway, no, I highly recommend this. It's it's my definite, you know. I think it's probably, you know, it, it's de- it's. I would have to say it's tied right now uh, with uh, 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 Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, which hopefully season two will be called Captain America and Bucky. And you can also think of it as like a, uh, like a, you know, like a, something that you know play on Christmas because it is a Christmas movie. I mean, a Christmas oh, yeah. show. Yeah, well, there you go. It, 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 yeah, exactly. And it was, it was just the thing I needed, uh, you know, for for Christmas is like big, bombastic, crazy, fun action with cool music and you know, just so so goofy and, and great. Uh, you know, when I say goofy in in the you know, because there were a lot of goofy moments with the tracksuit mafia and stuff like that, and they're like, "Oh, thanks for the advice." You know, and the owl, yeah, and the owl, the owl avenger, <laughs> yeah, and the and of course the the all the d- deep cut references to Stark and Pym and stuff like that, great stuff. So, um, so uh, are you gonna watch it, Joe? Okay, 
No, it's not real Joe. That's fake <laughs> Joe. <laughs> That's not me. Uh, that was you from from last year. Okay. Okay. Um, it's Joe from the other multiverse. It's from it Joe is. from the multiverse. Yes. There you go. I, there you go. Right through the wormhole, I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, so uh, anyway, uh, I'm sure Joe's probably saying that guy needs to chill out on the Marvel talk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're, you're marvelous. What can I say? Thank you. Thank you. So anyway, uh, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up. Uh, go ahead and give, uh, give your, uh, uh, parting shots about whatever you'd like tonight. Uh, Let's see. Um, Miles go first, since we'll go in order of who uh, who presented their their Betty White stuff tonight. So yeah, um, welcome to the new year, everybody. And um, again, uh, you know, a, a, a big thank you to Betty White for everything she's contributed into our lives with her entertaining ability and stuff like that. You know, it's sad to see her go, but uh, I. I I don't begrudge her that, you know. Everyone's got their time, so. And she um, was at peace with with dying too, because she said she very was much very. So. She said to Larry King, she was very curious to see what came next. <laughs> and um, so next week, I'll probably. Uh, I know I will. I'm going to touch on the James Webb. Give you all an update on how that's progressing. It's on its way to the Lagrange two point. So that that's, it, uh, and it's deploying itself. Very exciting. Yes, and uh, somewhere I'll, I'll I, I plan on doing a, a talk about I normally talk about military stuff and battles and stuff like that. Usually, how things go right. Now I'm going to talk about mistakes in the military. I got what a mistake to make of things things that go wrong. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we look forward to uh, your uh, educational portions of the program as always. Thank you. All right. And uh, Joe, what do you got on the way out, sir? Well, three quick things. Um, first, I sat down and watched The Goonies for the first time in my life. Oh, God. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yes. Have you figured out how to do the truffle shuffle? No. Okay. No. No. But I but I loved I loved the movie, and I loved the Fratelli uh, gang to talk about. <laughs> We're yeah, some amazing talent there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, there was Mama. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I love the Goonies. I, I never saw that movie, and now I saw it. All right. Um, also, um, if you haven't seen the the, don't look up, watch it. It's great. <laughs> That's all I could say. Okay. I've been yeah. hearing good things about it. It's on my list. Yes, don't look up. I won't spoil the ending for you, but I love the ending. <laughs> That's all I'll Excellent. say. Uh, yes. And uh, so this week on the Tim Cornwall Show, we'll be reading the re- the new recruiting uh, commercial for the Republican Party. Um, but if you uh, can't hear the commercial, I'll show you the uh, where you can apply. Um, oh, there you go. Block 66. Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's where you could apply if you want to run for office as a Republican. So there you go. Oh, good, good. Very nice, and uh, looking forward to that. And you said you had a third thing as well. No, that was I said. Uh, don't look up. Uh, oh, don't look up. Don't yeah, miss, yeah, okay. Sorry. Don't don't miss that movie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very good. 
And uh, last but not least, uh, Michelle, what do you have uh, for us on the way out? I'll be very quick. Yes, we lost people we really enjoy. But their 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 talents and their um, I mean uh, their acting skills they they brought joy to our lives and they will continue to they are immortalized on celluloid and digital so we can look back and we can watch them whenever we're feeling down. I mean we just lost Sydney Portier as well, but. You know, don't think of it as lost. Think of it as as the enrichment and the beauty that they put in our lives. And remember, on the 17th, you know, if, if you have extra money, donate to a charity in Betty White's honor. Um, I'm sure she will, she will smile wherever she is. I'm sure she will. That's very good. So, uh, well, well put. And uh, I do have one final recommendation for everybody. Um, masterful... Um, post-apocalyptic miniseries on um, on HBO Max uh, mm-hmm. is just about to drop their ninth and final episode. It is called Station Eleven. It is a magnificent cast um, and uh, it, it, you absolutely please watch this. It has a it's, it's a wonderful ensemble cast. It, the, the, the series has a, a dreamlike quality to it. Um, it, it, you will be guessing all along the way of what's going to happen, and it is about a pandemic that strikes and everybody starts dying. It's a little worse than what we're in right now, but it's uh, they started making it before COVID and finished it during. So pretty wild stuff. But yeah, please check it out. Station Eleven. The ninth episode will drop next week. Get caught up on it. You're going to want to watch episode after episode after episode. And a fun thing about it, too, is it jumps around in time as well. Uh, so it'll keep you guessing in that sense. But, yeah, I watched the uh, seventh and eighth episode last night, and it kept me awake for an hour thinking about those two episodes, about what was next. And it's just marvelous. Please watch it. And Happy New Year to everybody. Rest in peace, Stephen. And Betty White, Sydney Poitier, and all the other greats that we lost. Uh, we love and miss you all, but you gave us some uh, great joy in our lives. We'll see you next week. That guy needs to chill out.